That should be their slogan, Microsoft. It's finger-friendly. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, May 23rd, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 515. This is No Agenda. Massaging my aching amygdala here in the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in Austin, Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where there are no fascists, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. Really now? What are you talking about? You guys got, you, they hand out armbands in every street corner. Those are communists. No, those are fascists. Fascists do that too. Well, I don't know. I don't see any armbands around. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, why did you bring it up? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Just came to mind. I don't write these things out in advance like Clearly. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly you don't. I'm just like, what? Got the prompter running. What? Got the prompter running. What is John talking about? Oh, man. Well, 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 well. Once again, it's been very, very busy. Yeah, you know, I ended up wasting my time. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I hate well, it. Well, I know I did. I wasted my time. I watched probably the entire IRS. Thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, believe me, I horrible, wasted my time horrible, on that, horrible. too. I do yeah. have it in a nutshell, by the way. Oh, you've got like a little uh, Cliff Notes uh, executive summary? I think tax hearings in a nutshell. I think this would kind of, Essentially, if you this is pretty much it. Uh, that, is that my cue? Yeah, well, it was. Let me try it again. <laughs> okay. This this is this clip I have is pretty much it. Are you sure you're being square with us today, Mr. Schulman? I'm absolutely telling you the truth today. Absolutely. Well, that's <laughs> interesting because Mr. Lynch just just cited your testimony from a year ago, and you used similar language. When in front of the Ways and Means Committee, can you give us assurances that the IRS is not targeting particular groups? Thanks for bringing this up because I think there's been a lot of press about this. There was. We found out. And a lot of moving information, so I appreciate the opportunity to clarify. First, let me start by saying, yes, I can give you assurances. I don't think you can say it any stronger. We pride ourselves on being a non-political, non-partisan organization. And that's why people are wondering if you're being square with us today, because you said you could assure everyone, the American people in the Congress then, that nothing was going on. And the gentleman sitting beside you just issued a report last week that says what you told the Congress, what you told the American people a year ago is absolutely wrong. And you're sure you're being square with us? Excuse me? <laughs> Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then there was that, yeah. You know, that, Excuse me. There's a lot and of grins. Uh, yeah. I can't remember. There was so know. there was so much. They were yelling at him. Oh, he was almost man. in tears a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Then he'd bring himself back up, and then he'd, then he'd start his sentence with "so." Oh that's yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, that's that's so. a, that's a favorite. That's a real favorite. So, although, I, and I did see a couple things slowly start to take place. Um, of course, my I, we had a, one of those dinners last night. By the way. Oh, with the uh, I can't call them. This is, like a, this is the discreet term of the bourgeoisie. You it should is, go watch that movie. Uh, whatever it is, I, I agree. <laughs> bourgeoisie. This time we had dinner at the uh, at the professor and Marianne's house. <laughs> Jennifer, the uh, yeah, this is she's, you go from place to place, round and round, round and around and around. We go right, and uh, Jennifer's an architect, 
Um, so I will have uh, important information uh, from uh, the uh, from the professor who runs the the Brain uh, Studies uh, Institute uh, neuroscience thing here at University of Texas. Very important information. Um, but anyway, so the uh, I, I I threw out my theory last night that. Uh, that this thing you know, made no sense. That uh, the way it was leaked in you know, right into the conference call uh, by by the, the the learner woman herself, and that this clearly was a setup for the Republican Party uh, to be taken down for the midterm elections. Once everyone finds out that it was, of course, the Republican Party who was uh, spying on these Tea Party groups, which are basically mom and pops who really cared. And and probably libertarians too. A lot of you know, the original Tea Party, and it went over pretty well, John. So I, they, I can't really call them Obama bots anymore. Although that is oh, kind no, of a pro no, Obama no, no. thing. No, it, 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 just because they agreed to that theory, which I which is still sketchy because of the uh, because the time frame has been changed. Well, uh, but but the, the, be that as it may, just because they agree to that theory doesn't mean they're not Obama bots. To them, they in with with great glee, all you did was confirm the superiority of the Democrat Party and their smartness. And their smartness and the boneheadedness of the uh, Republicans. And so you, by saying that Republicans are boneheaded, how can you – and they go and they cheer. They probably stood up and clapped. No. You now say they're not Obama bots? I don't get this. Listen to what uh, MSNBC, the Obama bot channel, uh, had to say. And, uh, and I think they're starting to catch on. Whether or not there's anything that was wrongdoing or laws broken, broken it, it just doesn't look good. Um, at the same time, though, this is a massive overreach. I mean, there's something about this that I find stunning that we're talking about this now. Everybody knew about this investigation long before the election. So if they were that freaked out about it, why didn't Romney make more of a big deal of it during the election? Yeah, well, you know, good point. Romney never made a big deal about anything. What difference does it make? <laughs> yeah, he made a big point about Benghazi because, of course, he 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 knew the the true score there. Yeah, well, he didn't get anywhere. No, so no, well, no. There was thank goodness. There was one thing that was interesting in the entire uh, that had really nothing to do with the badgering of the Shulman guy, and the and I do have learners giving up and quitting. Which I thought was kind of funny. I do have that clip if you don't have it. Yeah, I think that was kind of cool. Uh, oh, I, well, play it then. Lerner yeah. takes the fifth. On May 14th, the Treasury Inspector General released a report finding that the exempt organization's field office in Cincinnati, Ohio, used inappropriate criteria to identify for further review applications from organizations that plan to engage in political activity, which may mean that they did not qualify for tax exemption. On that same day, the Department of Justice launched an investigation into the matters described in the Inspector General's report. In addition, members of this committee have accused me of providing false information when I responded to questions about the IRS processing of applications for tax exemption. I have not done anything wrong. <laughs> I did not have sexual have relations not with that woman. Any laws? I have not violated any IRS rules or regulations, and I have not provided false information to this or any other congressional committee. By the way, this is uh, the, you should get your kids uh, to listen to this podcast, and you say, "Kids, here's what it sounds like when grown-ups really mess up and they and they lie about it." So don't become this lady. And while I would very much like to answer the committee's questions today, 
I've been advised by my counsel to assert my constitutional right not to testify or answer questions related to the subject matter of this hearing. <coughs> After very careful consideration, I have decided to follow my counsel's advice and not testify or answer any of the questions today. Because I'm asserting my right not to testify, I know that some people will assume that I've done something wrong. I have yeah. not. <laughs> now, you know, this is true. She's right. Yeah, but I have to say that uh, all being fair and everything, you know, if someone pleads the fifth, and, you know, we, we, are, sl we are so slowly getting rid of all parts of our Constitution, you have to give someone the, the benefit of the doubt. And you can't do what you just did, which I... Oh, I did it. I, I did I, it. I don't like it. I don't... I think that's not okay. It's not appropriate. No, that's a fact. It's a fact. What? If you go plead the fifth, because we've seen so many movies and we've watched so much uh, gangster films. Yeah. If you plead the fifth, that means you're guilty. That is the message that we've been <laughs> I, given by I, the media. I know, but uh, I'm against it. I fight against uh, that. You can I, fight all you want. I'm telling you. I might have to use this one day. So I, I want to set myself It's a possibility. And everyone will up. think you're guilty. Yeah, exactly. One of the basic functions of the Fifth Amendment is to protect innocent individuals. And that is the protection I'm invoking today. Thank you. Thank you for your testimony. Get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, anyway, those are the notes of kind of a, a battle. Now, the, anyway, so I'm, by the way, there's a couple interesting things about this hearing. One is they've got a, a cliffhanger at the at the end of a lot of the testimony. They finally got to the point deep into the at the end, pretty much before they're going to start bringing other people up. Yeah, uh, they finally concluded that somebody in Washington D.C. directed some of this. Yeah, <laughs> and that was at the end, and then they never figured out anything because this, this IGS guy, this just oh, do you know what I found out about him? Guy, what? Which, yeah, what did you find? Here, here's here he, to me. This guy is a black guy. He was the uh, inspector general. I think he was the elephant in the room. Nobody had the guts, and I think it's it, and I do think it's an it's it's a um, it would take a lot of guts. to Are do you this. ready for it? Are you ready for it? Go. He dated Michelle Obama. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That'd be clip of the day if there was a clip. <laughs> it is. It's a clip right here. I'm doing it for you. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, he apparently... Well, that to me, this guy was the elephant in the room because yeah. he played it coy and he was like, you know, I was the, you know, I'm only doing... It's only an audit. It's not an investigation. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And, and you say, well, you know, were you, were you protecting... You, you're black. Ninety-seven percent of American blacks all voted for Obama, and they're all proud of Obama. And this guy's black. Yeah. It just seems to me to be a conflict of interest, to be honest about it. No one even would come close to suggesting it. Now that you say dated Michelle Obama, mm -hmm. <laughs> where'd you get that? Oh, there's a couple of sources. And, and, uh, um, I'd have to look it up for you. No, you Google it. Go ahead, Google it. He dated. I would have loved to see somebody yeah. approach so, any of this, <laughs> this guy because I've never been so offended. <laughs> he was pretty funny. He had a big ass mouth. He sure did. He like that's that's when I was like, you're right. The elephant in the room. I hold on. My mic is like really hot here. Hold on. I'm I'm listening to this guy talk and I'm like, this guy has a his attitude. You know who died and made him king king ig you know what i mean it's like that's when i started to research it and i come up with all these links now not like i have a photo like photographic prom picture evidence two of them doing it no 
And, and we don't know. I, I we don't know if they did it, but you know, apparently we don't know that they even. Uh, well, yeah. No, right. we don't, we don't know anything about the other than apparently they dated once or twice back in the Chicago days. So the guy's out of Chicago too. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. This is <laughs> the whole Chicago mafia is, Chicago. is the whole Chicago mafia is is running is running the show and of course uh, for those of you who received the newsletter um, the, you know there's a lot of news coming out of Chicago which gee the minority media has not been able to tell us because they're too obsessed with the fact that uh, people who live in tornado lands have no uh, shelters in the ground to go sit in when the tornado comes over. Which is another flaw. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the big distraction. Of but they, let, let's finish this tax thing before all right. we uh, all right, all right, all right, go off to the other right. direction. There's one little tidbit that came up that I didn't know and that nobody followed up on and nobody considered. And, and it's also a, a defense mechanism being used by Shulman, who was uh, trying to explain why, by some odd definition these tea party people weren't singled out they kind of singled themselves out because they followed a certain procedure which they didn't have to follow and nobody said anything about this but i was stunned to hear this this particular little ditty where and this is the, it's the clip that says questions about volunteering um, starts with irs yeah, the, so that's not... Okay, never mind. You'll never understand how I do this. That's what I'm I know. Uh, actually trying to say. Okay. So I said there was no targeting oh. in the sense that a 501c4 had two options to operate. They could apply or they could start operating. There's no need to go through this application process. You can be a 501c4, do your business, and file a tax return at the end of the year. Um, I said... There was no targeting in the sense that, and from conversations that I had had, that these people had voluntarily come in. And so the question that had been posed to me was, why are they getting all this quest? So, just begin with the word so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard it. Uh, but so is it, the point you're making is that if you want to be a 501 C4. Uh, C4, you don't have to have any approval. You can just go ahead and do it, and then you just file that at the end of the year. That's what you're. That's the point you're yeah. making. Yeah. You didn't know that? Well, I'm wondering what the big... Who cares about any of this if this is true? Well, Why did the Tea Party people all go through this, this volunteer process to get some sort of a blessing from the government, which seems like the last thing you'd want to do if you don't have to? Um, so again, you're, I don't think you're, you're understanding that this is a setup. This whole, this whole thing is not only, okay, I'll put it this way, potential setup. The whole conversation is a distraction from the real issues at hand. And as you rightly said, it is also a reminder to the citizenry of the United States of Gitmo Nation that the IRS can mess with you. It is a reminder of how powerful this agency is as a department of the Treasury. And that they are pretty much untouchable. Yeah, so, so, making that quite clear. At yeah, this, uh, so you're right. Burner, she doesn't even want to be talked to. So you're right. We wasted our time watching this, thinking something great would come out. And by the way, Isa is boring me. I'm extremely <laughs> bored with this guy. You know, it's really funny because this this particular group has the best people on. They got Isa. They got that that mushmouth Cummings guy, oh, and he and they, he didn't even have anything good. At no, the he end, was no good. At, at the and very then they have end. Micah, 
yeah. who didn't have anything good to say. And then they got that nothing. that that nothing that Georgia guy who talks you know with a nice accent. I can't Jor- even do uh, it. You mean J- Mr. Jordan? No, no, no. The other one. Um, I can't oh, think of the, the, the skinny hair? guy that looks like his yeah. face has been yeah, the, wrapped the- <laughs> and stretched with it, a Photoshop tool. Yeah, no. <laughs> the gray, you mean? The, yeah, the the right, guy exactly. with the white hair. The that guy who said uh, that's not okay. That's not how it works. Right. You can't right. leave here. You can't. <laughs> and they got shut down by both Isa and Cummins. Yeah, like, yeah, like, dude, shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was. It was really, yeah, I had, I almost took a picture of, of what I had. I had uh, Spokeshole Carney from the previous day on one screen. I had the IRS on the other screen, and I had C-SPAN, the uh, C-SPAN 2 with uh, with Cook. Cook. On, which I get the picture of those three guys, you know, taking the, the, the oath. Cracked me up. So, at a certain point, I'm watching... Uh, Cook being grilled by, um, who was it, uh, Levin. And it's like, it's Wesley Mooch from Atlas Shrugged yelling at Hank Reardon. I mean, it was, it was so freaking surreal, John. I'm like, oh, oh, this is exactly like the book. Atlas Shrugged. By Ayn Rand. And this is a, and this is a coordinated effort, by the way. Uh, I, I, I figured it out. It's like, oh, you know, it, it was so obvious. Do you remember when Haiku Herman, the president of the United States of Euroland, said just a couple of weeks ago, we are going to put tax fraud onto the radar? Remember that? Yeah. Remember the clip? So here he is opening up the new session. It's the right moment for a strategic debate. We're also returning to the question of tax evasion and tax fraud which we already took up in March. Here, it's high time to step up the fight. We've seen headline after headline highlight loopholes in tax systems, and we know it's a problem. None of you can solve on his or her own, and that Europe-wide, hundreds of billions of euros are at stake. So we need to channel the momentum and keep up the pressure. Just to be perfectly clear, we are not talking about harmonizing taxes or Europe taxing more or taxing less. No, we are talking about jointly fighting unacceptable practices that allow some people to avoid paying taxes altogether. It's simply a matter of fairness. Ooh, fairness. And this is the big word now, fairness. Pay your fair share. So this is what the grilling of Cook was about. And, uh, of course, uh, Apple has said they're... Uh, I mean, everyone has the HP. Everyone's got all their stuff set up in Ireland and in the Netherlands. Shoot, you too has it set up that way. I mean, please get Bono in there and grill his ugly ass. This is one of the few times, and I'm you know I kind of I'm not a real lover of big corporations, but I was like, you know, this is bullcrap. What's going on? This is grandstanding, and it was actually a page out of Atlas Shrugged. Luckily. Luckily, we have our own John Galt in the uh, form of Nigel Farage, who uh, got up and said the following. Well, there's a great degree of unity here this morning, a common enemy, rich people, uh, successful companies, um, evading tax, which of course is a problem. Uh, avoiding tax, which is uh, not illegal, uh, but it gives this whole chamber this morning a high moral tone. And as Mr. Barroso says, it's all about the perception of fairness. 
because there is the added bonus, of course, that it drives a wedge between the United Kingdom and the Channel Islands, the Isle of Man and the Caymans. But before we uh, declare our virtues, perhaps we ought to look just a little bit closer to home. And I hope that uh, the taxpayers all over Europe uh, listen to this. If we look at the officials that work for the European Commission and work for the European Parliament, the highest category are people that earn a net take-home pay of just over £100,000 a year. And yet, under EU rules, they pay tax of 12%. It's tax fraud on an absolutely <laughs> massive scale. And Mr Barroso, I would say to you that how can that be deemed to be fair? How can people out there struggling, the 16 million unemployed in the Eurozone, how can they look at these institutions? Not only paying people vast sums of money, but allowing them tax and also, of course, pension benefits on a scale not seen anywhere else in the world. So um, I suggest we have a bit less of this high moral tone. And what have these officials given us? Well, they were the architects of the Euro, which is a complete disaster. Their obsession with global warming, which chimes uh, very strongly here, means we're despoiling our landscapes and seascapes with these disgusting wind turbines and driving up energy prices. But never let it be said, uh, never let it be said that I can't acknowledge success when I see it. And I'm sure the citizens of Europe will all clap and cheer loudly that the grave mortal danger of olive oil in dipping bowls has been removed by the officials. Well done, everybody. <laughs> I, I, want that, I want to do a show with that guy so bad. <laughs> that, uh, by the way, that was turned, uh, they, they overturned the, uh, the, the, olive, oil uh, the olive oil ban. Yes. That oh, was, well, that wasn't reported. <laughs> they've shelved that because, uh, you know, it was too con controversial. <laughs> so it was how about too that? stupid? So the uh, the the European like you can't have a, a butter in a bowl either. You have to have right. a pat. So the uh, a pat. Whoever came up with the the measure of a pat? I don't know. So I won so big last night. Okay. When when I said, uh, you know, so Russell is uh, he's he's like he's a he's a sought after scientist. You know, it's like he's got other schools like. And you're hanging out with him. Hell yeah. With Stanford, you know Stanford, UCLA, they all want to have him. They all want to buy him. And, and he's the guy who won't sit down with a Republican for dinner, right? No, no, no. That's not Russell. Oh, well, who oh. is it? Who, what? Who won't sit down with a Republican? Yeah, that's a different guy. No, that, I don't want to embarrass him. Well, why would you be embarrassing him? You'd be extolling his virtues. <laughs> anyway, so, go on. So, um, you know, so we got a lot of science talk. You know how much I love this—the science talk. And uh, so, at a, at a, first of all, he he's he really he ripped me, you right. know, because uh, you know Lori Lori Frick, apparently she grew up uh, LDS, and and I said, uh, well, you know, a lot of Mormons listen to our show; they they really like it. And he, without a, a beat, he says, of course, people who believe in the biggest bullcrap story in the universe of some dude from a hundred years ago, they'd believe anything, wouldn't they? I'm like, holy crap. He just, I, I was quiet for 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, wow, that, that really hurt, man. But I got him back when, uh, when I said So you him. didn't just stop right there in the, in and stop him in his and, just, and say, wow, I have heard some bigotry in my life, but you take the cake. No, no. Come on, it's his house. I'm not going to insult the guy in his house. He can say whatever he wants. I'm not like that. Oh. 
Oh, I am. <laughs> I know. That's why you don't get invited anywhere. I, I, don't. I, I have a few friends. I'm trying to hold on to them, John. It's, I'm having a good time. But um, he did not know that the Richter scale had been replaced by some bullcrap media number. Oh, really? And he was like, no, that, he said, that, I can't believe that. That's not true. You mean wow. The, he said the U.S. You got G- it. You nailed it. Oh, yeah. And after that, uh, then I had his attention. I said, you know, the USGS has changed this number. And they're just using a whole different scale. He said, what? Yeah, just made up. Well, and then he looked at so, and I got the USGS website. You know, this has now been 11 years ago they changed this in 2002 because we looked it up. Right. And much of the chagrin of everyone else, everyone else is talking fun stuff, and we're like arguing over in the corner. Over Richter. <laughs> over Richter. And, and, and even I said, why do you think they got rid of Richter? And then he, he I think the guy's funny. He said, because Richter was a douche. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, so um, the, the real important um, question that I had for him uh, relates to the war on crazy and and he he is he is an authority on the brain and uh, behavior and interestingly enough ADHD and Tourette syndrome to which because I, I looked him up I'm like I gotta find Did it. he notice that you had Tourette he had no idea ah boing number two isn't that interesting isn't that interesting exactly but the big thing was this uh, article in the New York Times. So, so this guy, he is he is certified science uh, authority when it comes to brain and how the brain works for as little as we know. And this is the um, New York Times editorial in the Eureka section uh, written by, and I thought this was very funny, that anyone would actually want to have this as their credit, Maggie Kurth Baker, who is also science editor at Boing Boing, which is like, if you're writing something in the New York Times, I don't think you want to be known as the science editor at Boing Boing. I didn't even know there was a science editor. Well, she's not a scientist. A blog. She's not a scientist. Did you read this article, Why Rational People Buy Into Conspiracy Theories? You know, I may have. Um, it is the most disgusting piece of the way I thought it, of propaganda. And I, I, I need to read a few pieces from Oh, it. yeah, I'm all, I'm ears. Okay. Go. In the days following the bombings of the Boston Marathon, speculation online regarding the identity and motive of the unknown perpetrator or perpetrators was rampant. And once the Sarnef brothers were identified and the manhunt came to a close, the speculation didn't cease. It took a new form, a sampling. Maybe the brothers Tsarnef were just patsies, fall guys, set up to take the heat for a mysterious Saudi with high-level connections. Or maybe they were innocent, but instead of the Saudis, the actual bomber had acted on behalf of a rogue branch of our own government. Or what if the Tsarnefs were behind the attacks but secretly working for a larger organization? Crazy as these theories are, those propagating them are not. They're quite normal, in fact. But recent scientific research tells us this much. So, science, science, people. If Hold you, on a second, because I'll forget if you keep going. So one of her theses is, is that they may have been part of a larger organization, and that's a, some sort of a weird conspiracy thesis yes. based on yeah. what she says. Yes. Isn't that exactly what the government was thinking when they started <laughs> investigating everybody they could? I, re- I remind everyone the Hello? Word, I remind everyone the word conspiracy comes from the root word to conspire, which... Uh, I believe in comes from Latin, which means to breathe together. 
So, yes, of course, it's a conspiracy theory from the government, from the people who have some secret videotape we can't see of them putting the bombs into the trash cans. Um, I digress. Recent scientific, recent scientific research tells us this much. If you think one of the theories above is plausible, you probably feel the same way about others, even though they contradict one another. And this is very likely isn't the only news story that makes you feel as if shadowy forces are behind major world events. And here's, here's the line from her authority. The best predictor of belief in a conspiracy theory is belief in other conspiracy theories, says Viren Swami. Viren Swami here to report in. <laughs> no, he's from England. Uh, oh. Viren Swami, yes. I mean, anyone who's named Swami and is a psychology professor who studies conspiracy belief at the University of Westminster in England... Psychologists say that's because a conspiracy theory isn't so much a response to a single event as it is an expression of an overarching worldview. Now, I'm not going to read the entire article, but very important um, piece here. Let me just look it up here. I have to look up the word. Here we go. Economic recessions, terrorist attacks, and natural disasters are massive looming threats, but we have little power over when they occur or how or what happens afterward. In these moments of powerlessness and uncertainty, a part of the brain called the amygdala kicks into action. Paul Whelan, a scientist at Dartmouth College who studies the amygdala, says it doesn't exactly do anything on its own. Instead, the amygdala jumpstarts the rest of the brain into analytical overdrive, prompting repeated reassessments of information in an attempt to create a coherent and understandable narrative to understand what just happened, what threats still exist, and what should be done now. This may be a useful way to understand how, writ large, the brain's capacity for generating new narratives after shocking events can contribute to so much paranoia in this country. So, uh, she is saying that scientists are saying that it is a brain dysfunction, that you have a hyperactive amygdala, that makes you into a paranoid conspiracy theorist. And I am uh, allowed to tell you today that the professor of all things brain at U2, U, U2 at UT said I could quote him on this, that this is a load of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, damn it. And the, a load of horses. He says there is. He says the studies are absolutely inconclusive. It's horse crap, and he doesn't believe any of this. And but the whole article, which was emailed, probably the most uh, uh, emailed thing of this past week, is a part of a larger strategy um, by the um, completely compromised minority media to make anyone with an alternative thought into an idiot. And, of course, the next step will be a medicated idiot. Because that's literally where it goes. And, of course, at the end of the column, she brings in Alex Jones. Um, and, you know, just all, just one after another of all these crazy 
crazy conspiracy theories. And she, I mean, the only thing she didn't put in there was moon landing stuff. But everything else is in there from AIDS to vaccinations to just, you know, to, to Bush so being a part of she's essentially walking the walk. Oh, but she's not a science scientist. She's not... A license. Just a, yeah, I know. It's just like uh, she's an you know, uh, or, she or experts of the Joy Behar going off right, on uh, right, right. global warming, saying, right. "Well, why? How can these people say such things? They're not scientists. Yeah. Don't they know that all science?" And then now she becomes one. Now I'll take this one step further because we also talked about the insula. Um, because I had now I wasn't able to share this report with him because it's a video, which means I have a clip. But there, this is the Wall Street Journal who now are helping you understand when someone in your family starts to act a little differently, it may be because their insula is acting up, which of course, I mean, this is also bull crap, and that it might be time to take them to see a professional. Shirley, when we talk about changes in social behavior, behavior, walk us through a few examples. I mentioned lying, but what are some others that would make doctors worry that brain disease might be at play? Brain disease, John. Take note of this. This is very important stuff because your neighbors will be saying, I think he has brain disease. <laughs> brain Brain disease. Well, I think to the lying point, it's, it's actually all forms of insincere behaviors or insincere uh, talk. So, what? Yeah, in, in, this is this is the what? Wall Street Journal insincere talk. In, and she's a scientist. I might point insincere out insincere talk. Yeah, wait, it gets better. Recognizing um, sarcasm. Sarcasm. Whoa, <laughs> we're doomed. Sometimes people lose the ability to do that. Um, otherwise, uh, different kinds of social behaviors would be people who just act differently than they used to. Um, they may be less empathetic, less. Uh, good at telling people's feelings and, and acting appropriately. They may start to ignore social etiquette or social norms. Um, these kinds of changes oftentimes belie some kind of change in the brain that shows up first in social behaviors before you might notice it in other kinds of behaviors such as planning or um, thinking in a sort of um, more organized way. Um, the social changes somehow come first. Is there a part of the brain, surely, that they think is specifically affected with impaired emotional responses? Yeah, there are lots of different parts of the brain that they think um, work together, and impairment in any one of those probably helps disrupt a lot of these functions. But one in particular is a region called the insula, which is helpful in helping us recognize Im important information. So we might recognize that facial expressions, that gives us important information. We should have pay attention to that. But for some people, when they have this disruption... And, and, uh, and on that, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get a clip of it this morning. Uh, there's now a new story, and I'm sure this coincides with this, that there are people who can... Brad Pitt, apparently, suffers from this horrible syndrome. People who have um, facial recognition... Oh, what's the word? It's not dyslexia. It's... Um, hmm, hold on a second. It is pros... Pro, uh, proso... Proso... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, let me try it again. Prosopagnosia, also known as face blindness. Oh, this is a new one. He does proso? So you go up to you. Wait, you know the guy who's got the worst case of this, uh, notorious anyway. Bill Gates is the is the uh, what? Bill Gates. He is. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I thought you were going to say Bill Gates. That is a pretty wild guess. Uh. No, is is the great artist Chuck Close? Hmm. Chuck Close cannot recognize if you, if you're talking to him he and you tell him who you are and then you go profile mm -hmm. he's a different person. <laughs> 
if you come in again later, dive, yeah. I don't know. Right. He can't see, and there's a name for this, and I'm looking at his uh, wiki page now to see what well, this is. Well, this is, it's prosopognosia. Prosop- okay. Prosopognosia. I'm, I'm reading it right here. Also okay. known as face blindness, disorder of the face perception where the ability to recognize faces is impaired. But it's a part of this overall narrative. And when you bring out Brad Pitt as a sufferer, hello. I mean, this, this is what you do. You bring out a celebrity, and then that yeah. person has it. And I find that hard to believe. So, in other words, I could go wandering up to Brad Pitt. I said, hey, Brad, how come we didn't have that meeting yesterday? And he wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, yeah, let's do it now, man. Let's sit down. <laughs> that seems to stem, for, at least in part, from this part of the brain. Then they cease recognizing that that's really important information. We should um, notice people's um, expressions and emotions. And instead, those people seem to stop, stop noticing it. And that might cause them to either act inappropriately or seem like they don't care anymore about people's emotions. So when we say someone, when we don't think someone is empathetic enough, right? If we don't think that they respond the correct way in a social situation. You pay attention, John. You're talking to us here. Or we just think they're cruel or mean, does that necessarily mean they have brain disease, or is it a fine line between having disease and just kind of being an awful person? <laughs> so, luckily, we're going to... combination of ingredients. We're going to make a distinction between a total a-hole or brain disease. You know what... You, I got an idea. Hold on. Well, of course, um, there's never an easy answer with that. In general, it's not saying that anyone who has a quirk or is sometimes unempathetic it does, has a brain disease. Um, but it, it, if you notice changes in a person, that can, ah. can be a clue. So, for example, there was a family member um, who, you know, who used to be very um, good at listening to other people, and now they sort of <laughs> seem to walk away when you start to talk. That um, could be a signal that there's something off. Um, but uh, Something's off. It's hey, kind of like getting old. Time. <laughs> is short. Who needs to be bored stiff? Just walk. Listen to your family, Chris. That There might be people who just, for personality reasons, um, tend to be less empathetic. And, and for that person, perhaps, it's not so much that it's a brain disease, but rather that something about the way their brain is set up sets up that personality. The science is in. Science. science. <laughs> so I think we should have cards printed up. You know, remember, this used to happen when I was a kid. You know, someone would come by, uh, you know, you'd be somewhere, and they'd hand you a card and would say, I'm not ignoring you, I'm deaf, or something like that. Yeah, right. They used to have these little cards, and they had some signs on yeah. the back. Yeah. And, and it would be said, and, and then they expect you to give, give you money. five bucks give for money. the card they gave you. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I think we should have, I'm not an asshole, I'm, I'm just suffering from brain disease <laughs> of the insula, and my amygdala is crapping out, too. Give me $100. This is is so insane where we're we're headed with this because medication is next. It really is. This is this is this Brad Pitt thing bothers me. Yeah, buying it. So the uh, so DSM five is out. Do you want to hear a couple of the new diseases we have? We got five interesting ones. Okay. Uh, So DSM five DSM. Is the um, uh, it, it is the Bible of the pharmaceutical industry that describes? Did you, did you the, personally plow through this, or you picked this up from other sources? This uh, I picked up from other sources. I have not had uh, time to plow through everything. I'm sure you'll find other stuff. Anyway, of course, on. I well, I did find some that there's actually a couple. Well, the, so the face thing. Is uh, I think that's now added, but I have to check. I just that came out now. I just it's like it's coming. Uh, take drugs for it. 
You will. What could you possibly yeah, you do will. that would fix that? Okay. So here is the uh, the number one new one, and we already knew this was coming. Hoarding disorder. Hoarding oh. disorder. Yeah, um, we've been pr- programmed for that one. Yeah. And, uh, it, and I and think I suffer from it. You do. Um, but I'm actually an archivist. Well, it's funny because they... Archiving disorder. Yeah, but see, this is this was... I no no it's not it, ar, being an archivist is not a disorder it's a skill because if yeah, I what I said however they're already combating my um, protection of you by saying that these people will all <laughs> will also <laughs> God I can't even say it people who suffer from the disorder will often define themselves as collectors. <laughs> <laughs> So wait a minute. So every stamp collector, you, are, you suffer. Toy train collector, a little car collector. You're all nice. You suffer so from. That may be true. You suffer from hoarding disorder. Uh, next up, <laughs> we have binge eating disorder, uh, which I think is is probably you know a real. You know, it's. I think it falls under bulimia and anorexia, and that's. Uh, I don't understand why they have to have a separate. Except for they have a uh, they they keep mentioning the acronym which I think is cool bed so you're a bed sufferer binge eating disorder I'm not quite sure why uh, it was put in outside of you know stuff that's already in there here's a weird one skin picking disorder I've heard of this a skin I picking ran into somebody who had this disorder yeah skin picking has been documented in medical liter- literature since the 19th century yeah. But only now has it been. I suffer from that a little bit. I think. Really? I, I think it's a part of obsessive compulsiveness. If I have a mosquito bite, or like I got a fire ant bite the other day, like a week Ooh. ago. Yeah, on my arm. Does that hurt? Um, not as much as I thought it would. But it was a million of them. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be pissed. Huh. Which would make me psycho, brain yeah. disease. You need drugs. Um. So you got bit by a fire ant and you started picking at it. Yeah. And then huh. and then it, and maybe it's because of the irritant of the venom which I'm sure would have gone. And then I'm like I'm like why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I picking at this? That's like stupid. So I think well, that's What does it entail? It's actually great. what what is picking at your skin entail? I mean you're picking. Why don't you just scratch it? Uh let me see if I can uh Skin picking disorder affects around 2 to 5% of people in the United States, not simply a harmless habit nor merely a symptom of another disorder. Oh, it's specific. Skin picking may result in significant tissue damage, yeah, often leads to medical complications such as local infections and septicemia. Yeah, septicemia. Become septic. Um, Data from multiple researchers around the world consistently shows skin picking disorder has distinct characteristics, important neurobiological links, and documented responsiveness to treatments. Uh, medication can work. Okay. Um, then we have the third somatic symptom disorder. A new standalone disorder for people who experience a disproportionate sense of anxiety about their health. And at least one physical symptom, such as a persistent headache. How does this differ from hypochondria? Well, this is because they say it's new, and I think it makes sense because we're inundated with all this stuff oh, that yeah. we're supposed to have. Yeah. Right, hey. right, right. We all we're all sick. We're all going to yeah, die, yeah. and we should take a drug, and we should ask our doctor if it's right for us. And and it, yeah, and it, and it and it gives you a headache. It's like yeah, <laughs> right. It gives you a headache. Now. um... 
how is this different from hypochondria? Um, I don't have, I don't have an answer to that. Well, some one of our doctor listeners. Uh, I, can I submit that in writing for the record? <laughs> I'm learning. <You> should. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning from all this C-SPAN stuff, and then the, the one that um, really kind of got me is uh, a newly created category of behavioral addiction known as internet addiction. Oh. Well, so was there a subcategory Facebook addiction? No, uh, that falls into this newly defined condition associated with loss of control over internet use leads to negative psych- psychosocial and physical results such as impairment of academic failure. That doesn't make sense. It should be academic failure, not impairment of academic failure. That would be the opposite. Social deficits, criminal activities, and even death. Uh, it consists of three main subtypes, subtypes, excessive gaming, sexual preoccupations, and email slash text messaging. And uh, they do, Facebook. They, yeah, it's not, ne- it's not called out specifically. But I think it would fall under no. I mean, it, they don't. There's no. It doesn't say Facebook. Uh, there is treatment, however. You know what the the in, included treatment is? Uh, Valium. Electric shock therapy. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Somebody bullcrapped you. You read this, and somebody somebody put this in as a no. joke. No, this is not a joke. No, this is that's actually uh, in the Guardian. Even I'm looking at a link here. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. So in other words, because you do too much texting, which is like every high school girl. Yeah. You got to shock that bitch. Away, they should put you in a bed, tie you down, stick a ball in your mouth so you can yeah. bite down when they jolt your brain and knock your IQ down 35 points. Is that what you're telling me? I'm telling you that, the, that there is a, a note here that electroshock therapy has been deemed to work against Internet addiction. So does having your head chopped off. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> before we go any further, let me say uh, in the morning to you, John C. Dubois. Yeah, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, feet in the water, subs in the air, and all the night dames and nights out there. And while you're being inundated with bull crap about how you have brain disease, this program, which hopefully brings you the type of value you're looking for, is bringing you actual news confirmed from a, an official a dude who knows what he's talking about who says it's bull crap he's never yeah. getting he's never getting any more funding from the NIH I'll tell you that oh the NIH doesn't listen to this show okay thank goodness um yeah we do have a few executive producers to thank and uh beginning with we have one two two executive producers uh, Sir Keith both of them uh knights of course uh, Sir Keith in Medford Oregon uh, six four five fifteen. Uh, he wants two to the head, a whip it, whip, whip it, whip it thing. Uh, LGY at science. He, he, <laughs> what? Okay, it's a uh, lot. It's four. Well, yeah. love to, to tune in early and hear Adam sing along with the fat lady. Yeah, well, sets up the whole show for him. Oh, that's nice. So we'll give him a two to the head, whip it, LGY at science. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean nice. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 
you go. Thank you, Sir Keith. What a, what an interesting amount too. Six four five fifteen. What do you think that's about? There's no explanation for it that I can tell. No. Um, uh, Sir Doctor Sharky in Jackson, Tennessee. Wow, Doctor Sharky is really uh, he's stepping up, man. Uh, here's checker five fifteen. If you get this before show five one four, make me a number of the five one four club. So we have to make a note. But he so it should be the five one five club. Well, he says if he gets it in early, which he did. No, but this uh, is five one five. He didn't get it in early. It's in for five one five. Well, I thought we were on five one five. Yes, but he says make me a five one four club member. That would have been last week's show. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Good yeah. work, John. Exactly. Brain disease. It starts early. Hey, hmm. John's attitude is really changing. I hey. Want, I wonder. Yeah, well, it's always a possibility. Uh, anyway, he says, hold on one second. Uh, I have to do something. There we go. Nuts. Uh, excuse me. As I get back to the work. Uh, add the extra dollars a tip. Anyway, Dr. Sharkey, you got P.S. How about some shut up slaves? I'm the attorney general. Do we have that? No. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, We have to clip it. That's that's the clip where. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know exactly. Holds, I'm in. the attorney general, damn it. <laughs> I, you must respect me. Uh, you know, that's a good clip to make, but I have I don't have. I can do the shut up slave, but I don't have the. Uh, and then the karma. And he, and, and he was serious about the Cipro prescriptions for the upcoming anthrax apocalypse. Yeah, he wants to be our dealer. Oh, okay. If you want some, uh, if you want some Cipro. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sir Doctor Sharky, Sir Sharky, I should say. Um, and it's always good to have a medical doctor on board with us uh, for when yeah, when we actually need some help. So uh, thank you very much. Here we go. A little. Uh... Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Excellent. All right, uh, onward. We have uh, an associate exec or associate executive producer, uh, Eric Blazinski, who um, yeah, nuts. I'm, I, 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 okay, I'm going to admit I'm going to plead the the fifth. Uh, Shall I just read say, it while you figure say out why I'm dicking around like this? Adam, give me preemptive karma from our startup a couple of years ago. I gave it. You gave him some, and we're pretty well now. So we're pretty well. We're doing pretty well now. So here's part of my dues to oh. twenty. I need some more karma. My wife worked for the state of Connecticut, and after being harassed by her boss and didn't apparently, apparently sue him, uh, was let go. And our killer health insurance is gone. Wow. So he needs some. Oh, welcome to Obamacare karma. Yeah, for real. You've got karma. And I'd like to point out that uh, lots of people invest in. Um, in startups, and typically, uh, certainly if there's a venture capitalist involved, you will not see your money ever again. I think our investment was a good one, John. It paid off in spades here. Preemptive karma, and we and we got uh, a nice uh, associate producership oh, yeah. uh, support out of it. Thank you, uh, Eric. Yeah, and, that's our investment. Is uh, yeah, that's our investment. Our investment was well spent. Uh, Wayne Larcombe in Sunny Hills, Queensland, two hundred five fourteen. And uh, I cannot find a note from him anywhere, so I don't think he left one. I think he's just giving us $205.14. We can read something later. All, Stephen Williams also $201 in Boise, Idaho. That's uh, actually there was a note, but that wasn't for him. He came in as a check from one of the banks, so he just needs uh, some karma. Okay, here we go. You've got karma. Since we were reading some notes, and uh, that, he'll be our last associate executive producer for show uh, 515. I did get a note. That's kind of an interesting note from uh, 
from Benjamin Ritkin's handwritten, uh, so JC couldn't read it, which I think is now I realize we can write code. <laughs> That's it. It's like we, if you want to write something, you know how parents used to speak in pig Latin? Yeah. So that the kids wouldn't know what they were talking about. Now you just write it. Just write it on a piece of paper. The kid be like, what's that scribbling? What's the scribbling? I did not get it. What is that? I don't understand. What is that? He uh, says, I'll be sending, and this is a point of interest, I will be sending my donations via check from now on. I don't like this intimidation by PayPal and think it is like the IRS demanding donors list of the Tea Party groups. Hmm. So we are getting some flack about the apparently there's a message comes up, a message comes up saying, we're looking into you. Yeah, this is the uh, the if it's if it complies with regular, we're going to it's very possible we are about to be in big trouble with PayPal. That's the way I see it. I to me, it feels like we're we're there's something rocking on the wall and it has to do with the word donation. I'm telling you. Because it's in particular because the PayPal team or whoever you talk to over there says, no, the best thing is to put donation on it. That's really, that'll work great. I guarantee you this is, there's something going on with this and everyone's getting investigated. And it doesn't even, it could even be just intimidation. It's like, oh yeah, oh you're sending money to those guys? Yes, we're going to hold on to your money. It could take 72 hours, I think is what it says, 48 or 72 hours. Uh, to see if it complies with regulations. That's a scary message. It's not a nice thing. PayPal is not being okay with this. And then meanwhile, Google dropped their shopping cart completely because they were never very cooperative anyway. So we couldn't use them. What do you mean? But we do what get do you, to just, what, what, you can what, what still do you the old mail well, until they shut down the post office yeah. and everything goes to hell. Well, interesting. I got a note uh, from an unnamed producer. Uh, Adam, many of us work in sensitive positions. He's talking about the producers who listen to the show and contribute. The dilemma we are posed with is during our periodic review for our clearances, we need to report on organizations to which we donate. My colleagues and I have discussed the issue at length, and the real concern is that although no agenda is doing nothing illegal, our donations could look unfavorable to a douchebag investigator who is still asleep. I know you are very knowledgeable in business and IT, but if you could please allow me to humbly make a suggestion. Make it easy for us by putting a price on the iTunes download. Even if you need to create a premium version that is exactly the same but has a price tag, this will allow us to purchase a product, thus avoiding the whole donation dilemma altogether. Like you've said on the show, it will always be freely available for download on your site, so it is still in the public domain. This compromise allows those of us who are concerned about our careers to give up during uh, to give during each episode. My colleagues, isn't this pathetic? Well, hold on, let me finish. My colleagues and I introduce the colleagues I introduce to the show love it. I hope you consider the proposed compromise, even if just for a trial on a trial basis, to prove that people want to pay. Yes, it it, it is it is very sad. Is is what it is sad. Yeah, this is what our country's come to. I mean, I agree with him. I think he's dead on on this whole thing. And if I was working in the government right now, especially in a sensitive position, whatever that might be, and there's plenty of them, most jobs actually seem so now because everything's classified. Uh, and a bunch of snoops roaming around trying to button to your business to make sure you're toeing the line and all the rest of it. Uh, it is really a sad indictment. I mean, this is like every once in a while we talk about this over the dinner table. Was this what it was like? 
and I don't want to bring this up casually or like jokingly, but what was it like day-to-day, everyday living when you were in uh, Germany in the late 30s? You know what it was? People were like, hey, that Hitler guy's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good stuff. They loved him. They did love him. But what was the dinner table conversation like? And what was it like when somebody says, oh, you can't go to that meeting. Oh, you can't do this because they're going to find out and then you're going to lose your job. Or you're gonna, I mean, this is the FICA score you can lose your job over. Well, you, well, first of all, you can't get a job. You won't get called back for your interview because it's a part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's... Yeah, no. We, we, well, why don't you think about how we can do that? Because well, I, I, I agree I, with you. I, I have think an that's idea. a really cool idea. I have an idea. To just have a special. It's the same exact uh, episode. I have an idea. Okay, tell I me. I have an idea. I think that it should not be a digital download. So first of all, here's my main problem. My main problem is why the heck should we give 30% to any of these a-holes? There's no reason for that at all. Well, that's right. If we put a fee on, the, on the, the Apple's going to get a bunch of our money. Anyone's going to get a bunch of your money. So right. um, perhaps the easiest way so we can still um, – because you know we we still kind of have to so we don't get crushed by the IRS. It's very it's easy for us to have everything run through either a check or uh, or through some other system. And I'm thinking maybe we just have some bullcrap thing up on uh, on eBay because I think eBay's fees are very low. And if not, we'll find we'll find some other one. And it has, just has to be something really really simple. Well, we could do this through No Agenda Nation. I mean, Eric has a uh, yes. This is my point. A, a shopping cart. This is we my can just point. Sell something sell that some. is gratuitous. Yes. Uh, you know, you don't really get anything. You just buy a uh, a token or a something that yeah. allows you to listen to the show. Let's make it funny. What should it be? Something really funny that that that, that costs nothing. That we don't have to manufacture. Doesn't say anything. Should we just call it an ounce of air? Airtime. Airtime. There you go. And we and we send an empty bag full of air. <laughs> How cool would that be? Yeah, it'd be great. A can. Just, no, not a can. That's no, no. No, a can. You could actually have in your office. You could have a can of air. No, the, the not, bag is going to deflate and it's going to be bulky you, and you, it's going to be hard to do. I'm talking about a little bag like you where you put that you put weed. Oh, in. like those like those religious guys, like send a out. Coke bag, you know, like a dime bag. I'm talking something really small. Dime bag. <laughs> you, you're already making Eric the Shield like, hey, I'm going to manufacture cans. Yeah, I got a great idea. <laughs> no, no, stop! Don't do that. We're not going to do that. Just uh, just get a bunch of those bags that you know. I have them here. I get like transistor if I buy a. A, a resistor or capacitor, it comes in a well, little bag. Okay, let's, take, let's just look at it from a, a more practical perspective. Instead of having him do anything extra, let's do the following. Mm-hmm. Now, Eric's going to put on the market the bag 33. Correct, which, yes. Which is a usable bag. We can have a premium version for No Agenda listeners bag. Mm-hmm. Same exact bag. Right. Would it, it costs like, you know, 20 bucks instead of Okay, okay. And that way, it ships out the same thing. So it goes. It's in this. It's got almost. It's got the s. The, the skew. If he right. Every, <laughs> the, the, the skew will be plus one. The no know, agenda so. nation SKU numbering order system. So, it's, but it should be like outrageous. It should really be like because I don't know what the bags. So the bag is going to be like what three bucks or four bucks I, or whatever I, I it is. We'll have the no agenda bag, and uh, and then you'll have the same bag, <laughs> the same. But it'll be like with special airtime. 
Yeah, the same exact bag <laughs> with it cost, you know. Great. And if yeah. you make it, we'll make it something easy, like just say $10. And then if the guy yeah. is $100, you know, likes to donate $100 yeah. at a pop, yeah. he just buys 10 of the bags. And it'll be, yeah. and he gets 10 bags in the process. Exactly. The and it's great because when you're walking around the halls of the agency and so you see someone else with a 33 bag, you'll be like, uh huh. <laughs> say no more, baby. Yeah. Hey. 33. Anyway, for those of you uh, who are currently not working in an agency and do want to support the work that we do, the uh, countless hours of bullcrap we had to sit through, or that I risk friendships by getting endorsements from professors to call out the New York Times and the science editor of Boing Boing as complete a-hole shill full of crap dudes... Then consider uh, going to our website, Dvorak.org slash N-A. And we'd also like to thank Jesse Anderson for the artwork for episode 514. We've been getting a lot of good work in, and that is highly appreciated. NoAgendaArtGenerator.com. Keep it coming, because the more uh, choice we have, the better we can serve everybody else. And then there's the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. I wanted to uh, do a, a brief little technology intermezzo, if you don't mind, John. Sure. Something because uh, you know I got a lot of feedback uh, from the whole Google Gestapo thing about the webmaster Gestapo. webmaster tools and all that crap. Um, so turns out Bing is doing exactly the same thing. So so now not only we have to go through webmaster tools at uh, Google, but you'll also have to sign up for Webmaster Tools over there at Bing, and they've got their own grand gentleman, their own version of Matt Cutts. His name is Dwayne Forrester. Hey, gang. Dwayne Forrester here. From- hey, gang. Hey, gang. <laughs> hey, gang. Hey, gang. Bing Webmaster Tools. Um, we see a lot of this question. We've heard about it uh, at different conferences. Booty. We see it on he's our Canadian. discussion he's forums. Canadian. Yeah, he's a Canadian. And uh, generally, I get emails about it. About um, it? But Booty. the question ultimately revolves around controlling Bing Bot's crawl rate. Bing Bot's crawl rate. So he goes in this whole thing about the Webmaster Tools. And I and uh, let me read to you a little bit of the Webmaster Tools. Uh, Bing has a malware reevaluation process to aid you, the Webmaster, in case Bing has discovered that you have some malware. And we have, of course, discussed in some great detail that this malware, although it is indeed a piece of malicious code running on your site, is not intended to necessarily screw the um, uh, the user of said website, but to game the results in the search engines such as Google and Bing, which is why they then turn your site off in Internet Explorer, telling the visitors that you are a crook, a thief, you got like you're like you're a little scary dude, you know, could kill you, you're gonna die. So in Bing's webmaster tools, you get a review, you can go in and say, Okay, I fixed the problem. During the review period, Microsoft will perform, quote, several deep rescans. If all is clear after those several scans, Bing will notify you with an all clear notification 
and remove the malware label. If Bing still finds issues, and here it comes, John. So let's say, you know, like you you think you've got it. You think you've got the hidden frame off that will ruin Bing's business of of people scamming to get higher results to make money, which has nothing to do really with you or the people who want to read your stuff. So if they still find issues, you will then be notified of the failure and, quote, you will not be able to submit another reevaluation request for some time. Yeah, actually, when we went through our little process with Google, mm-hmm. one of uh, our producers wrote me saying, "You he says you're lucky that you got this thing through within a uh, few days, because if you were if this was with Bing, it takes months." Yeah, yeah. So they're just a sloppy. But in fact, Eric DeShill has a couple of articles he's going to write for uh, Gina Smith's a new domain. Where he, Eric, for some reason, he's like, I guess uh, he has some uh, mental disorder where he actually likes to see what the workings of something are. Brain disease. It's obviously something wrong with him because he actually wants to know what's going on. Is he a skin picker? No, he looks at code. Oh, he's and a code reader. Ooh. He's a code reader. So he's <laughs> he's watching the bot. He's been studying the Google versus the Microsoft bots uh-huh. in great detail. And uh-huh. he did have a little, just a little teaser here. He did discover that if you're using Chrome and you hit any website, a Google bot will come by within about 10 minutes and hit it and just rescan it. And really? it's almost as if the right. people who use Chrome are uh, doing all the, you know, they're the doing work. the crawling. Yeah, of course you are. So you're doing all the work for Google. Yes. They don't have just massive you know, crawlers out <laughs> yeah. there. They're yeah. watching what you do and say, yeah. oh, there's a website we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's crawl it and index it, and then yeah. we'll, let's see what else this idiot does. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he's, he's discovered that that goes on, and he also says that the, the Google bots are still <laughs> 100 times more efficient and smarter than the Microsoft bots, which he – Claims are crude and idiotic. Well, I, 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 first of all, Eric the Shell needs some uh, the Shell needs some electroshock therapy because he, this is not good. The stuff he's doing, he's he's looking at things he should not be looking at. So he's prime prime target to be treated. Second, it is no wonder that the Bing bots are the stupidest bots in the universe. Witness a video that popped up right after I'm looking at this Dwayne Forrester idiot. The wh- hey, hey gang, hey gang, you're ruining my business, dude. Hey gang, for your own benefit. So here's two douches, and they're sitting there, and they're going to show you the wondrous Windows 8 tablet Bing search. Are you ready for this? This, yeah. this will show you why Microsoft has the dumbest Bing bots. How, why they are doomed, doomed as, not just as a company, but as human beings. Hey, folks, welcome back. Stefan Wyatt's here with David Lindheimer, one of our great product managers across great. a bunch of cool... Hey, everyone, across a bunch of cool experiences. experiences. It's an experience, John. It's not a search, it's an experience. It's on the tablet and inside of Bing. And today we want to show you a very cool new app that comes preloaded on all the new Windows 8 devices. It's the Bing app for Bing. search, right? That's right. Right, yeah, that's right. All right, so check it out. So you'll see it up here in the corner uh, right here. I can tap it, and I go into this beautiful full-page experience. Look at Full-page experience, John. Are you, are you witnessing the full-page? Page experience. Hello, John, 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 John. Do you get the full page experience? 
I loved it when it was in DOS. So that's the homepage image of the day. You see hotspots on there, which are great. I can go back and see previous ones. And look how my personal favorite feature, the hotspots actually move around. Whoa! I just think that's so cool. Like, I think that's so cool. And tap on a hotspot. Why is see this what guy there. talking so fast? What wait, is his problem? Wait for it. So that's, all, that's all there from the main uh, main experience. Let's go ahead and do what... It's an experience. Now, you got you to gotta listen. Don't play the harmonica. I want you listening to this. This is important. You, you write about this stuff. Personal favorite feature, the hotspots actually move around. I just think that's so cool. Like, you tap on a hotspot, see what it is. So that's, all, that's all there from the main uh, main experience. Let's go ahead and do what this app is designed from the ground up to do, which is reimagine the search on a tablet. And This app, Bing Search, was, was intended to reimagine search. <laughs> reimagine search, John. Now, wait for the excitement of this experience. Help you get to an answer or get to your task done very quickly. So, I'm going to go ahead and tap on the, the uh, bar here, and I see... Trending searches right now, so I can I don't have to type it all right. But now, what's the, what? What else can I do here? Well, for example, let's say you're interested in the Olympics and you want to oh. do a quick search on Olympics. one of the swimmers. So okay. one of the things you can do is just tap in there and start typing first few characters of one of the swimmers, Ryan Lofty, Ryan. and you'll oh, immediately what? get Boom. auto suggest wow. for Ryan Lofty. Wow. So these are timely auto suggests too. Obviously. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, they start trending. So Ryan Lochte, oh, look at that experience. That's beautiful. Like, it's finger friendly. I can go all the way across. I can see. John, finger friendly. Finger friendly. <laughs> as I, they pop in, as I'm going to the right, I can see related searches right in line, too, which is great. So I'm actually able to refine my search or get related searches right from the search experience, which is pretty slick. That's right, Stephen. Okay. Watch it. Uh, so should I go ahead and tap into one? Right. Pick one of those. Uh, tap right into it. What you'll see at this point is Internet Explorer loading and bringing up the page. Oh, there it is. In this case, a Wikipedia page. Very cool. Now, if I get back, I think this is my favorite thing of the whole app here. I can actually go ahead and use Windows 8's new snap feature, snap that to the side of the screen here, and boom, look at that. Boom! I got all the results right there, and what's hot? <laughs> boom, look at that experience. It's finger-friendly. <laughs> Sell all Microsoft stock now. Sell. These people are idiots. How can, what? What drugs are they on that they're talking this fast? And that you allow someone to talk about your search app as an experience. It's an experience. It's not DMT, dude. It's it's a freaking app that ties into a second-rate search <laughs> engine. Stuff up. <laughs> that, that, that goes to Wikipedia with a search query. Woo! Boom! Look at that Look experience. Full-screen app. It's finger-friendly. You know, that should be their slogan, Microsoft. Finger-friendly. Finger-friendly. Give us the finger. <laughs> it's finger-friendly. Finger they should be hiring me for this stuff. They should be hiring us in general. We know what we're talking about. Oh, it uh, seems unlikely uh, we're going to get hired. No, we're not going to no, get hired uh, for anything. All right, let's. let's we got to. We got, no, no, we got to get. We got to talk about Fast and Furious because I know exactly what's going to happen. If we don't do it, we're going to wind up talking about a title for the show and we'll be like, "Oh, we forgot oh, to talk about Fast, Fast and Furious." And Furious stuff. <laughs> we I've have to do this many a time because this, this this was one of the better uh, newsletters that not only teased what we were going to talk about, which is why I'm catching it. But also had we had a PDF in there, which um, I have copied. 
uh, into the show notes. You'll be able to find that after the show at 515.nashownotes.com. I have marked it up for your convenience. Oh, you marked it up. Cool. Yeah, of course I did. Well, hey, it's what I do. All right, so tell us about this, John. Well, apparently what's happened is that in a case uh, in Chicago, and here's kind of what, they've captured some guy from the Sinaloa cartel Vincente, in some screwball situation Vince, that took place in. Vincente in, Jesus Zambada Nibla. Yeah, he was like the number, he was like top three of, of the bosses. And he was meeting with uh, our people, our government. FBI. Uh, FBI in uh, Mexico somewhere. And then uh, because he was going to be the new contact guy, because apparently we have been doing uh, an intelligence deal with uh, with the Sinaloa cartel specifically. And what's interesting, if you start looking at people who have been busted for gun running uh, recently, every one of them is, is selling to the other cartels. Anyone sells to the Sinaloa cartel, they're kind of off the hook because it's it's according to this guy, he says that that Fast and Furious was not a a, a test of anything. It was a, literally gun running with the idea that you build up the Sinaloa cartel, load them up with the best weapons you can find, let them take over and kill the other cartels, and so there's only one cartel left. And then we would go in there, at, at, you know, and arrest them. Or so. we don't know. Well, no. Well, I'll let, let me interject right there. So according to this document, which is a court document, which is why, you know, why it's cool to have it, the Sinaloa cartel was allowed free range of drug trafficking their drugs into the United States. And we were bringing, giving them weapons so that they could get rid of all the other cartels. Uh, I'm a little more cynical, John. I think that once it was only one cartel, then we just have one supplier one guy to deal with. We don't have, you know, so... It, it, yeah, we but, don't have a mess. I mean, it, it, it makes no sense that you say, okay, we're going to help yeah, you. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right. These, okay, no. I, I'm Bob by that completely. Thank you. So anyway, so the idea, so this guy, somehow there was some double dealing or something happened in Mexico because this guy's supposed to be a he got He got arrested in Mexico he, and then By they, the Mexicans. Yeah, but then they, extra, they, he was extradited to the U.S. and what he's saying is he wants... He, that he can prove that he's had all these conversations with the DEA, with the FBI, um, and that and he knows exactly what documents are there. And he and this is essentially a court request for documents from these agencies to prove that all of this happened. That this discovery. Yeah, uh, let me just read from the documents as I, I marked up anyway, uh, Mister. Zambada Niblo was told he would not be arrested. That the agents knew of his prior cooperation through Loya. And they just wanted to continue receiving information from him. Uh, he was also told that the arrangements with him had been approved at the highest levels of the United States government. Uh, he was told that a Washington, D.C. indictment would be dismissed and that he would be immune from further pros prosecution. There's also evidence that at the hotel, Mr. Zambada Nibla did, ex did accept the agreement and thereafter in reliance on that agreement provided further information regarding rival drug cartels. I was then arrested approximately five hours after the meeting. Uh, by Mexican authorities. So there was some double-crossing going on. But what's interesting in the argument... Did you read the document? Did you have a chance to read the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I read it. They refer to Whitey Bulger. Right. So, you know, it's like, it's so obvious what is going on here. And this, of course... And, in fact, here, um, they refer to the new cocaine cowboys, how to defeat Mexico's drug cartels, where all this is kind of laid out. And even worse, and this is the thing that bugs me, I have received messages from people who listen to this show 
who have told me that this is an exact replica of seasons five to four. Was it four? I thought it was five I and think six. It's four and five of uh, Sons of Anarchy on on the FX, which of right. course I'm like, oh, like you know, it took me a freaking year to even to watch Rubicon, and everyone's like, holy shit, this is exactly what went down, and. Now we have to reevaluate our viewing strategy where we've spent so much time on C-SPAN where a lot of the messaging like Rubicon, but also like Sons of Anarchy, if you really want to communicate something secretly, you put it in plain sight. In fiction. Yes. No, it's always been believed that your best messaging tool is fiction. Well, and, and it's – so anyway. So the, so this, so we already know that – and and by the way, this is nothing. I mean, the the Iran Contra affair, Iran Contra affair, and some of these other things that we've seen. We've seen the, our government do this before. That that Arkansas operation where they're running cocaine into the country. Mina, Arkansas, a, Clinton. Yeah, there's a bunch of this has been going on. So there's no reason not to believe that this guy's not accurate. They what killed, he says. They killed like he's, twenty kids what, there. I think what happened personally. I think they picked the guy up in Mexico. The Mexicans did, and I think this was a, a, an attempt because. We have kept the Mexican government out of the Fast and Furious deal. They weren't told about it. And, you know, they, they don't like this idea that we're controlling the drug gangs in, uh, in their country. I think they, they arrested the guy to embarrass us. They shipped him and kept an eye on this whole deal, waiting for us to make a mistake so Mexico can, could, could humiliate us if, they, if we let the guy go. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've been forced to follow into the. We, we, we now all of a sudden it's a. It's a you're, he's in the system. This poor guy. Oh, yeah. Poor guy's poor a criminal. Sap, sap. But he's he's in the system, and now and now he's trying to get out of the system. And and our government, you know, being what the way we do business, well, you know, too bad. Yeah. Uh, and so so, so he's starting to spill the beans. <clears throat> and uh, to add you know, to add to this, we already were like, wow, why did President Obama? Head over heels, run over to Mexico to discuss, you know, how the drug stuff was being handled, because the CIA was uh, apparently was in charge of a lot of the communication and stuff that was going on, and the new president said, "Nah, we're going to do that directly through my office now, if you don't mind." So I, I, you know, I think that not only, and this of course is not just this administration. This has been going on for a long time, but unfortunately, President Obama is the guy who has the gig right now. Not only. Is he an evil, is the whole administration a bunch of evil, drug-dealing, gun-running, criminal a-holes? They suck at it. This is the thing that bugs me the most. I don't care if we're, if we're going to be a criminal country. Great. But don't suck at it. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> whatever the case. I'm trying to make it sound good for my Obama is, friends. Is, I think it's spun out of control. Yeah. And now the idea is, and I put this in the in the newsletter. People should read that newsletter again because it's actually was educational. Mm-hmm. Um, and people say, well, you never write any. I write newsletters that are newsletters occasionally, so don't drop from, off the subscription list because you didn't like something. Anyway, uh, I think that uh, – I think they've got – they're going to do everything they can, and I believe that I was correct in the last couple of shows where I said they're, this is the time they're going to try to get Obama because all these things are happening at once. They have to quash this. they got to get this out of the public. Right now, it's it's going to be uh, Alex Jones, Glenn Beck. I think Drudge has maybe brought this up. It will maybe creep into maybe – even though I doubt it, it might creep into a Fox show, but more likely stuff on the radio. Michael Savage, those types of guys. Hannity on the radio, maybe. 
But if this thing goes into the mainstream media and, and people start looking into it, this this is going to be a mess, a big mess. Okay, so now this is a nice tie-in because if you want any information, because here, because you're right, here's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to have, uh, and there's going to be yelling and screaming. You know, we're, we're, I think we're, well, of course, I'm yelling and screaming because I can't believe how shitty a job our government is at being criminals, which is just disappointing. You know, like we reinvented the mob, please, or we imported it from Sicily. We just ruined the whole idea of organized crime, which is no good at it. Um, so they're going to have the, and it's going to be people with brain disease who are yelling about this and they're insane and they're crazy and it's all being set up and everyone's talking about conspiracy theories. Oh, you believe in all these conspiracies. This is a conspiracy, conspiracy. Go ahead, go to your browser, John, and type in Fast and Furious and you'll see that the Google wash has already taken place. Because what do you see when you type in Fast and Furious? I'm trying to get the browser to come up. What's the problem here? <laughs> it's very, it, and it, this makes okay, so me, much I'm gonna sense. I'm going to go do this. Before you say anything, before you respond, I want you to know that the movie industry can change movie releases, and they do it all the time. They They will delay a release. They will accelerate a release. And it's very important because there's a lot of money involved. And if you can... Right. So you type in Fast and Furious and there's nothing about this. No. This what situation. is it? What do you All see? movies, 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 which, movies, movies. Which in movie? theaters, May which, 24th. Thank you. Fast and Furious 6. There you go. Completely Google washed by the movie. Well, that was a wise thing to do was to name it after a movie. <laughs> the the, the, uh, the yeah. code name after yes. a movie. It's brilliant. And you can go all the way to the bottom. I don't see ah, anything at the, the bottom. The very bottom of page one. Not on Fast mine. Fast and Furious Scandal Returns to Haunt Obama. Not on mine. Not on mine it is. Really? Are you logged yeah. in? Uh, I don't I don't log in on this machine. Ah, okay. I'm logged in um, to Google, to my Google Plus account. And let me see. First page, second page. Nope. I'm going to go down. Third page. Nope. Okay. Now I'm going to go to Bing. Bing. I haven't been to Bing ever, I don't think. So I don't have an account there. So I'm not logged in. I'll do Fast and Furious. And boom! Second link, Wikipedia. So if you're logged in, they are definitely obfuscating it. Why would they do that? I mean, why would they do that? Why would they do it to somebody logged in and not do it to somebody not logged in? Well, I'm not. I don't know why they would do it to somebody not logged in, but I'm logged in. I'm not getting it. That's my point. Yeah, so, no, I understand what your point is, but I but the rationale is what's eluding me. No, there is uh, the ration. Okay, I don't. I can't answer why they are not doing it for people who aren't logged in, but it sure makes sense they're doing it for people who who are logged in. Hey, let me sign out. See what happens from Google. Let me see. So, Fast and Furious. Play. You can play along at home, people. <coughs> fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Federal gun trafficking investigation. I can't. I don't have. It's, not, it's still not showing up. Oh well, who knows? Maybe it's because you're in Texas, <laughs> Austin. I'm pretty sure it's an Austin thing. Yeah, well, we can't have any of this in Austin. We can't have that happening in Austin. That would be that would be really really bad. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, the point is, is yeah, yeah, I know that was is actually well, that's there's a sign of of competence. But we'll see if they can keep this uh, lid on this. Yeah. I mean, oh, I are you think, kidding uh, me? Are you kidding me? We'll just spin up another tornado or something. We'll get something going. Doesn't matter. This is not going to be on the radar. And when I'm looking at this document, um. The Joint Staff Report prepared for Daryl R. Issa, Chairman of the United States House of Representatives Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, and Senator Charles Grassley, Ranking Member, uh, have materials relevant to this to defense. The Joint Staff Report revealed that the operation known and authorized at the highest levels of the Justice Department, which included agents from ATF, DEA, FBI, ISIN, and IRS. Hmm. I didn't know that allowed guns to be legally purchased in the United States, transported to Mexico to end up in the hands of members of drug cartels. This chain of events inevitably placed the guns in the hands of violent criminals, which the Department of Justice was not only aware, but sponsored and supported. The Department of Justice and its agency partners knew that the foreseeable result of this strategy was the death and that death and destruction would occur in Mexico. Indeed, as confirmed in the report, violence and death did occur. Okay. Oh, and the result was not only approved, but regarded with, quote, giddy optimism... By ATF supervisors. <laughs> giddy optimism. Did you know that? Ah, giddy. I like giddy. <laughs> giddy. <laughs> that, that, appa- that apparently is in the Congressional Committee report, that there was giddy optimism. Wow. Yeah, so um, now, is this an impeachable offense? Uh, Well, I would... Yeah, probably. Yeah, do you think so? Gun running? Yeah, <laughs> at the presidential level. Well, when I mean, it's just done. We sell guns to everybody else. I mean, well, it's, in, it's it's there's a it's a bunch of well, I don't know if it's any more impeachable than anything than else. The, a couple of events that took place and what's going on with Brad Bradley Manning, which is another little thing going on. Yeah, and I do have a couple of Bradley Manning clips I want to get to, but yeah, let's, uh, let's rock it. Let's rock it. Well, okay, so so there's this woman, uh, I keep forgetting her name, Allison something, uh, Alexa O'Brien. She apparently is the only person in the world who's hanging out uh, outside the, the, the military court uh, and going in. The only one, nobody else, nobody in the media during the Bradley Manning hearings, which are in, the, in these courts, and apparently the public can go in under some circumstance, even though they won't tell you when they're doing anything. And so she's had to go by the theory that when they tell her that she won't, there's probably nothing for her to do. Mm-hmm. That's when she goes in, and there's the, there they are. Mm-hmm. So she's been t- uh, essentially documenting every day of the trial. Mm-hmm. And, and she's kind of befuddled by the fact. And, so, and this was on Harry Shearer's podcast so I have to go to an obscure podcast, another obscure podcast, to get anything from anyone. It's unbelievable. Okay. okay. So I got a couple hundred things things that are kind of unique. Uh, first of all, Manning is being railroaded, and they also have a number of crazy uh, things that they're charging him with, including uh, something called wanton publishing. And I want to play uh, wanton this- publishing. Interesting. Play this one. This is Bradley Manning and a new crime of wantonly publishing. Um, in the case of the espionage, he pled to every lesser included offense for every espionage charge against him, except for what was called Spec 11 of Charge 2, which relates to the Garani video. And that is dovetails into the grand jury investigating WikiLeaks, and there's a reason why he didn't. Um, 
he'd pled not guilty to stealing U.S. government property. He pled not guilty to the multiple uh, charges of, there's two charges of uh, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which is, are very provocative charges because he, did, he had access, he didn't hack anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he also pled not guilty to the aiding the enemy charge. And then he pled not guilty to one of the more provocative and disturbing charges against him. It's never been used before. In fact, it's not tied to any existing federal criminal violation or uh, punitive article under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's what's called wantonly publishing. (laughs) (laughs) I think we do. Both of us do that every day. Yeah, that's why it's so so terrifying. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing about this charge is that the knowledge element it parallels the knowledge element in the aiding the enemy charge. So it essentially dovetails into aiding the enemy. Now, wanton, wantonly publishing is, is actually legislative language in some, some law? Well, it, in oral arguments early on in the pretrial, the government argued that it was, you know, in terms of punishment, that it was analogous to espionage, but that it was far, far worse than espionage. And Wow. Wanton, I'm looking at it now. And there's very little. You have to actually put wantonly publishing in quotes to get uh, anything off of the compromised uh, uh, Central Intelligence Agency uh, database known as Google. Um, this is scarier than anything else I've heard. Yeah, really. I thought so, too. And she, she felt the same way. Yeah. Uh, they. This is, by the way, this is hours of... And, of this, this, and this is us. Interview. I mean, we are... Wantonly publishing, wantonly and it's the same publishing. as espionage, which is a, a direct attack on the on the free press. But if you listen to this whole uh, discussion, uh, there's an inter- I got a two parter here. One is the uh, Manning and the press, and the Manning and the press part two. But play Manning and the press because nobody is covering this case, and it makes zero sense. But then there is a slight explanation. What's so interesting about the Manning case? in context with the federal investigation into Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, a media organization in the digital age, uh, as well as the sort of socioeconomic changes that have been happening with the, the essentially the maturation of the game generation or the digital generation, you know, vis-a-vis the boomers, is the fact that in many regards this trial encompasses uh, a, a joining together of all the major... Uh, issues of our age in the post-9-11 world. For example, the entire interagency process has been zeroed in on this young soldier and the WikiLeaks organization and probably one of the largest criminal investigations in U.S. history. And yet the press hasn't been covering it. Well, no, because they were complicit in all of it because it it wasn't WikiLeaks. It was actually the press that published all of this stuff. Well, wantonly published. Wantonly published, yes. (laughs) So, but they're not covering this case for crap, and and I think she explains it in a kind of a it's a it's one explanation. I think there's others, but the play the part two, and then you hear what she thinks. I think there's uh, this is, this has multiple layers to it. I think on one sense, if we look at it purely from the bottom line perspective, is that WikiLeaks represents a challenge to the market power uh, that the mainstream media organizations have uh-huh. over audiences, and of course, you know, it costs a lot of money up front to produce uh, news and um, especially investigative journalism. <laughs> yeah, it's all those sets you got to build. It's really hard to produce news. <laughs> and entertainment. It costs relatively little in the digital age to distribute it. And so, therefore, control of audiences is very, very important. 
as these media organizations enter this new era. Uh, so I think that they've taken a defensive posture towards WikiLeaks um, because of that, fundamentally. And I think also it's a question of access to information. I mean, WikiLeaks, the reason why it's so revolutionary is that it allows the janitor to leak and not simply the high-level Obama administration um, authorized leak to, you know, Bob Woodward, so to speak, to sell war or a particular political agenda of the elites. So there's a lot going on here that um, is reason for them not to cover it. All right, John, step back. Step back just a little bit. You're on the Shays Lounge right now? Well, there you have it. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, the entire reason why you, the producer of this program, A, are listening to this program, and B, why you are the producer of this program, in whatever way you contribute. There it is. There it is. That was beautiful. Is she hot, too? She sounds kind of hot. It was the audio podcast. Yeah, no, but what's her name? Uh, Alexa O'Brien. Alexa O'Brien. I have a feeling... I got a feeling. Oh my goodness. Mm, yeah. Stern to me. She she, like yeah, a, she looks a little stern. Yeah. Stern. Yeah. Well, she's the only one doing this. She is. And uh, gotta, know, she'll walk away with the Pulitzer, I'm sure. We got to we, we protect her. No, she won't. I'm not going to give it. not going to honor her. Uh, you'd be surprised. We got to uh, We got to protect her. Meanwhile, they kept mentioning this Karani video, the Karani video, the Karani video. And, and this apparently was something I don't remember hearing about it. I guess it was something they glossed over. And it was never put out there. WikiLeaks never released it. But when you hear about what it was, you know that video, the first thing they, they yeah, released where they were just the, the, shooting people. The helicopter. Yeah. Hey, there's another one. Let's get him. Yeah. Good work. Well, apparently this Karani video is much worse, and they don't even talk about too much of it here, but they at least give you a little overview under the missing video clip. For alleged Karani video, although we're, it's pretty clear because that's been said in testimony by agents. The Karani video is what we call collateral murder, or is it a different video? No, it's a, it's another video that was unpublished by, it was never published by WikiLeaks. Um, essentially, this is a video of a, well, an agent said it's a flight over battle space, but the Karani airstrike in May 2009 uh, killed hundreds of, uh, of of women and children in the uh, Farah province of Afghanistan. Um, human rights organizations referred to it as Judgment Day, and it was a very um, it was a very damning incident. The Pentagon had said that they were going to release the video, and then they backtracked from it. Um, Damn! Ah, now I want this. And apparently there's like lots of gory still photos and there's a video of this. Oh, yeah. The, no, it's the, total porn. It, it's total porn for these yeah, people. Yeah, it's so violent, violent Insane porn. idiots. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the, they just blew up a bunch of women and children. Just was the, Let it, me just, guess. Let me guess. Was it drones or was it uh, helicopter gunships? Don't know. Hmm. It's, not discussed, it's not discussed much, but I'm sure we can do a little research and figure it out. I found it to be uh, kind of disturbing. This is very disturbing. Well, it reminds me of the time, if you remember during the uh, Abu Ghraib, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the pictures that came out by these boneheads, yeah. and then, and then uh, the, our defense secretary, Rumsfeld, came in front of the mic and said, well, there's, there's worse to come. <laughs> remember that? Yay! Remember that? At all? Yeah, I, I there was never any worse to come because they didn't release anything else. They just said there was worse to come. 
And you have to be prepared for it. Apparently, that was just kind of a, a, a staging tactic in case these other photos ever did get out. But they never did. So then, and apparently, they were worse. And I think this wow. this video must be horrible. Now, I wonder if if any, if, if anyone has someone. So someone has it somewhere. Well, the Defense Department has it. Uh, WikiLeaks must have it. They just never published it because it was. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, so let's go back to your premise. You're sitting around the table. It's, uh, it's 1928. No, it's 1934. 34? 35. 35. Hello, Jean. Oh, no, wait, you're Johan. Johan. Yeah. Johan, this Fritz here. Hey, uh, what do you think about, uh, the fact that, uh, the government is killing people? Oh, I think it's exaggerated. They're not killing people. Yeah. This is a great government we've got. Johan, what happened to your accent? <laughs> <laughs> Johan, are you a spy? <laughs> you sound like you sound like a spy for the American Yankee. Now you went Japanese on me. <laughs> so, by the way, I want to remind people if they're not, you know, if they're not uh, listening to uh, our podcast, they, there's alternatives out there. And I have a little clip from, uh, it's called This Week in Modern Broadcasting. This is a, a kind of a clip that you will find. If you want to go listen to other stuff, you can go, you can listen to this, this sort of thing. Five Kilobyte Productions presents an association, an association with, can you turn off a fan, please? Productions presents. <laughs> Those guys are wicked on the soundboard. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. <laughs> yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. In the morning. It's a double shot of in the morning. Good job, John. I like this new uh, this new little thing you have. Yeah, will you get, will you get, it's, it's actually a service where we are... Showing you other podcasts that you could be listening to. Not all. Yeah, you could go not, elsewhere. Not all carry the that. award of best podcast in the universe, but, you know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, uh. <laughs> hey, man, thanks. can you turn off the fan? <laughs> well, we've had a couple of shows on the Hot Pockets tour where it was kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So we've got, uh, we may have a note here I haven't seen. It's Stephen Schultz, and, uh, who's in somewhere, part unknown. It looks sounds like, it sounds Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to look him up afterwards. Swansea? Swansea, Gyeonggi-do. Maybe it's, it's either Korean or God knows where. Swansea. Um, Swansea is, yeah, it's uh, south of Seoul. Okay. It says Swansea, Korean. yes. Yeah, uh, let's take a quick look on the email here. See, hey, if, if you're in uh, if you're in Korea, South Korea, or if you're in North Korea, even better. First of all, uh, know that uh, Greg San sends his regards, and uh, give us some info. You know, send us some stuff about what's going on in your neck of the world, because it's, it's like we don't get a lot of information about what's happening over there. You know, bullcrap. Yeah, it's very hard. It. And it, do they have sling boxes there? 
in my sleep. Sling boxes are everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you just put a sling. If you got an internet connection, you hook your sling box to it, and I that's always, the way it works. I always find it kind of like sad whenever you know it's like, oh, now we can look at because uh, you know with South Korea, South Korean television, you know, it's basically all psi colors all the time. You know, it's probably insane, and it doesn't represent the beauty of the people at all. Just, I think they've taken the propaganda, the telescreen to a whole new level over there. With robotic crap and just yeah, they're, they're 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 like busy, busy, busy. Yeah, they do it on busy. their websites too. Yeah. Everything's wiggling around. Yeah, <laughs> Lots anyway, one hundred ten dollars and eighty five cents from Stephen uh, Andrew Green in London, one hundred one dollars. Um, Derek Boley is New South Wales, a hundred dollars, and he's going to work on getting a knighthood. Nice. Uh, Kevin Johnson in Talladega, home of the Talladega Racetrack, uh, Alabama, hundred dollars. One of the big tracks in NASCAR. Um, and he, does he have... Really, John, uh, do you have any more useless uh, car racing trivia that you can throw it, in I'm there? I'm looking, see, he says he has a call sign. Give, give me a shout-out when he phonetically spells out his call sign. You mean Kevin Johnson 6, liquid natural gas. <laughs> okay. 73 is my friend. <laughs> Peter McConnell, Stockholm, New Jersey. <laughs> you phony. Stock, we're home of the Stockholm Syndrome. It's actually in Suzhou, China, <laughs> which is... Uh, so he watched... Click print gun the other day couldn't help but notice it was produced by, by Jim Chernecki, the very same guy who produced Fahrenheit 911 oh, and Bowling for Columbine. Hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. Jim Zarnecki produced that? Oh, well. Hello. Excuse me. Once again, we the are. The best podcast in the the best producers in the universe. I can't believe no one else picked up on that. Well, not, in fact, it's obvious now that that thing is a setup. Wow. He says, talking about China, he says it stinks, I tell you. And now the report, for, let me give you a report from China. Soil equals bad. Water equals bad. Air equals bad. I saw a squirrel once about four years ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right. So and he came in with nine 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 nine. So give him that. Uh, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Very funny. Nine 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 nine. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And he, he said something else about. Let me say that the kitchen had no food. Yeah, the kitchen was completely devoid of food. It had various anarchist readings casually strewn about. He's talking about on the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, click print gun. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, very good. stinks like a Democrat agenda, he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, uh, we'll look into this. Yes. Because we weren't, comp- we, in fact, I wrote a column this last week about called uh, 3D printer hype. Oh, really? Oh, good job. What did you put in there? I said that what got to me was the fact, besides that these guns don't work, they're just a a scam of some sort. And then the the 3D printed food? No. No. (laughs) And then NASA wants to put it on the spaceship, the shuttles, the 3D printer, so they can print food? I don't think so. (laughs) This is bull crap. Yeah. No, it's everything everything to do. And it's, it's funny because Russ didn't see this last night when I brought it up. Smart guy. I said... This is the industry is this the most worrisome thing that's come along in in millennia. <laughs> He's like, what? You, who cares? You're going to print a phone? I said, how short sighted are you? I mean, the, the your entire universe 
revolves around products, bullcrap products. I mean, everything we do in America is is based on borrowing money to buy stupid plastic crap. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Donald Ripple in Dresden, Ohio. I'm like Stockton, New Jersey, Dresden, Ohio. 888. 88. Uh, Elise Garling Jewelry in Sunnyside, New York. 8888. And he or she says... She? Hello? What? She's one of our hot uh, salmon... Uh, oh, I know, but I don't know who's right. This just says Elise Garling Jewelry. Oh, okay. Elise Garling, that's who she is. Oh, okay. Well, Elise. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, Lemoncello is on its way. <laughs> so we have to give some karma for the lemon in exchange for the Lemoncello to uh, Eon Garling in Port Angeles. You've got karma. He might even be Ian. Ian. Could be, could be Eon. <laughs> I'll never pronounce that right, so just forget it. <laughs> Peter Tangstrom in Amsterdam, hey. uh, seven seven zero zero. Uh, Douglas uh, Joseph Amory in Piscataway, 69, Jersey. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. Here we go again. Sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, Karsten Ovi Schwartz Nielsen. Uh, I'm going to have to pl- read some of this. Uh, Dear Andy and Jezza. It is with trembling hands I write this message while taking my daily whiff of the red pill listening to 514. I was almost scared out of my pants. Finally, hearing finally, what's his face from the U.S. Cyber Command utter these exact words? The commander's capability to inherently protect ourselves from (laughs) self-defense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Funny we didn't catch that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's, we, well, you know, we catch 90% of these things. Yeah, well, that's why we have great producers. Yeah, they catch it up. So let's just repeat that. The commander's capability to inherently protect ourselves from self-defense. Uh, yeah, it's, par- it's horrible what's going on. Yeah, you can be rescued. Justin Valcourt in Quebec, 6969. Alec Doughty in uh, Brisbane, 6969. Uh, he says... Uh, he was listening to 513 and the analysis of the Australia Qantas Dubai story that I had. Mm-hmm. He'd like to offer another local perspective. The new Qantas Emirates deal was not to make Dubai a destination in and of itself, but rather the main hub wayport for all international Qantas flights. So mm. they're going to be a hub there. Wow. Qantas previously, previously flew out of Singapore as the primary international hub. I dare say there have been many horror stories of Western women being jailed in Dubai but the media is only picking up on them now because of the extra focus Dubai is receiving because of the new Qantas deal. Mm. Okay. I'm not arguing that. Nope. Uh, Velo, Vivi Velo of uh, 6969. Ben Smoke, uh, Willingboro, Jersey. A Jim in Gitmo Nation, Gucci Boot, uh, 6969. <laughs> that must be. Uh. Ended, 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 all over, done, ended, ended. Simon Marciniak mm-hmm. in Poland, I believe, 6666. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian Lambanon, Lambanon, Sebastian Lambanon in El Cante. You can read, the, why don't you read this while I go turn the phone off. Hi guys, a Dutch as a Dutch expat living in Spain and still struggling to make myself understood. I probably shouldn't be the first be the, be the one saying this, but I can't believe 
how bad the two of you mangle the language. Anyway, here's a quick pedantic tip. The Spanish in the morning jingle says, Por la mañana, not para la mañana. Any other podcast might consider this to be nitpicking, but we're doing the best podcast in the universe here. Every detail counts. Thank you, boss. Yeah. Alicante. You know, it's funny. Miss Mickey and I, yesterday, we were talking about future. You know, it's like, you know, where we, are we... I think I said, do you think we will live in Austin for a long time, forever? What's forever, of course. And we both agreed that we could kind of see ourselves... Um, in like a seaside shack, which would have, you know, kind of a bedroom, you know, table. Off the coast near Barcelona. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Big yeah. ha- big ham radio antenna. <laughs> yeah. And that, but the only thing is, it's like the Spanish. You know, I, I don't know if I have patience for them. You could lo- learn Spanish. No, I, I can learn the language, but... Oh, the, you think the Spanish themselves are annoying? The culture, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I always have a good time. I like American culture. I'm, uh, I'm, anyway, it's, it, I had to put the kibosh on the whole thing because when I said, you know, we can, we can have our computers, each, we each can have a computer, she, you know, she brings her photo equipment, uh, I bring... Uh, by that time, my podcaster mini studio will be done, so, I, you know, it's a very small footprint, a ham radio antenna. And then she's like, well, what about the closet? <laughs> it's like, okay. I need a big closet with lots of shoes. <laughs> no, she has a problem with the shoes. She has like size 12 or something. So the shoes don't come. They don't make Manalo Blahniks in size 12. Thank God. Oh, yeah, you'd be broke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we don't have. All right, let's finish this off. David Kroll in Hamilton, Ohio, 55, double nickels on the dime. Uh, Benjamin Ritgers in Ames, Iowa, double nickels on the dime. Angela Castaneda in uh, Castaneda in Henderson, Nevada, great place, double nickels on the dime. Graham Wolf, Wichita, Kansas, same. Matthew Farrell, Leland, North Carolina, 5420. Jordan Alcon in Crosswords, Crossroads, Texas, which Crosswords would be good, uh, 5150. And do you have a birthday shout out for his smoking hot wife, Rachel? Um, it's yes, I do, and a thank you for the picture, by the way. Oh, I never saw anything. Yeah, I did. Angelique Angelo uh, in Mount Laurel, Jersey. I forwarded it to you. Matche Stolowski. Matche Matchy Matchy Matchley. <laughs> Good work. What can I say? Calgary, Alberta, the where all the money is. Eric V to Dublin, California. Tim Connor in Edmonton, Alberta, almost where all the money is. Kyle Bauer, Wooster, Ohio, apparently came in twice, and that'll conclude our segment where we mention every contributor who gave us fifty dollars or more for the show. Five one five. Want to thank them all and remind people to go to dvork.org slash nhl dvork.com slash na no agenda show.com and no agenda nation.com and there are donate buttons there and we need your help because Sunday always comes up except once in a while. It, Sunday tends to be pretty lame and you can get a producer ch- ship probably for $200. And um, we haven't had any nightings I think for the past five, six, maybe seven shows. Yeah, we need more nights. Yeah, we do. Um, so let me uh, program the brain. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Got to make good here. Simon Bruce Cassidy uh, says, hey, man, 
So I'd like to point out a few things. I've donated twice. First time you claim that Draman is in the lowlands. I was confused with Drachten, of course. Last time you said that German donations are on the rise, implying that Draman is in Germany. Draman is, in fact, in Norway, <laughs> a.k.a. Gitmo Nation Polar Bear. So screw those Germans. <laughs> yeah, screw them. We were wrong. Also, and here, so that's, that's just funny, but I feel really bad. I asked for a birthday shout-out for my daughter, Angelica, that you left out. I was kind of bummed out about that as we listened to the show together from time to time. You are an integral part of my bid to teach her to speak English. Uh, in case uh, PayPal fucked up the note, she turned six on the 14th of May. Well, happy birthday, Angelica. Yalskadai. Uh, there you go. Like uh, Barbie. What? You said that with an Australian accent. No, I did not. I said it with a Norwegian accent. Actually, it was probably more Swedish, to be quite honest. And uh, so sorry about uh, sorry about messing that up. I hate it when the kids get all disappointed because kids, let's face it, kids love our show. And they love it for the jingles. And we have an interesting list today. First of all, Sir Gene Baron de Marriott, Sheriff of Texas, will be celebrating this Memorial Day. Happy birthday to him. Uh, Richard Dick Wagner celebrates uh, celebrated yesterday on the 22nd of May, born in 1813. He is the originator of Le Biche Fat. And Georgian Alcon says happy birthday to his smoking hot wife, Rachel. She turns 30 today. Eric Newman congratulates himself. He'll be celebrating tomorrow. And Merit Devala will turn four on, um, well, today, actually. And uh, that's her dad. Uh, Michael says happy birthday to you. Uh, Sir Rod Adams, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, has a new grand human resource. James Rodney Middlebrook. Uh, born, uh, I guess, last night, or actually early this morning. And we welcome uh, James Rodney Middlebrook to the uh, citizenry of the United States of Gitmo Nation. You can start depleting your $9.2 million and enjoy that. And uh, did we get everybody here? Uh, we got uh, Rachel and uh, Rachel from Jordan. My God, and so Bill. <laughs> and Bill. Hey, happy birthday, everybody, from your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. My wife's Rachel's birthday is on Thursday, the 23rd. She's turning shout out. Uh, something's wrong here. Today's turning 30. She's been bugging. Oh, here it is. My wife, Rachel's birthday is on Thursday, the 23rd. She's turning 30. She's been bugging me for a month to make sure she gets a birthday shout out. <laughs> this is just the beginning of the end. <laughs> All right. So husband Jordan, soon to be ex-husband Jordan. That's how it. That's how it goes. Uh, of course, if you all are in Dallas, uh, you're invited to a party. Well, we're not. Oh, kegs of beer and some home pulled pork. My smoked meat is amazing. Yeah, Jordan, keep saying that. <laughs> and I want to thank. Uh, I would like to challenge him to a smoke off. Yeah, we. Oh, mm. I'd like to thank a Dublin Jerky for sending. Did you get any jerky? Yeah, I got some Dublin jerky. Did, have you tried it? Yeah, it's very good. We also got some Dublin cheese. The only thing... Now, I didn't nice. get no Dublin cheese. Well, you know, it's a cheddar. It's a cheddar. I don't care. How come I didn't get the cheese? How come... Well, you can ask him. I don't know. Maybe he, he, he thinks you're cheesy enough. <laughs> so um, so the cheese came into these block, huge block, And it's a pretty common, like a normal, like a Wisconsin, Michigan cheese. 
So I and they came in this nice sealed box, and I decided to take one of the the blocks, uh-huh. and I'm going to dr- keep it in the car in a cooler. <laughs> and then when I see some guy that's homeless, it says hungry for food. You're going to give him some cheese? Yes. <laughs> this is, why won't you just eat the cheese? I got the cheese. I ate the cheese. I've been eating the cheese, but I got this extra block. It's my block that you're giving away. Well, so what? I can't ship it to you. Don't melt and make a mess by the time it gets to your place. Hey, and happy birthday. My God, she's young. To Mo- Molly Kristen Wood. Oh, she's a birthday? Yes, today. Doesn't listen to our show. No, but she's a friend of the show. She is? Yeah, she's a friend of the show. Okay. Her picture on... Hey, could we change my picture on Wikipedia, people? Molly's picture on Wikipedia is... Yeah, put Molly's picture in this in place of Adam's picture. <laughs> yeah. Please. I look so much better as Molly. She looks hot in this picture. Holy crap. Look at it. You're not looking at it. I'm not looking at it. I'm, I'm sitting back and listening to you. Okay, let me, you might look it up. She was. She used to be a writer for Associated Press. Hollywood Wiki. Hmm. Yeah, look at the picture. Uh, let's see. Uh-huh. I'm getting there. Is the one on the Wikipedia or the other one? I think the other one's better looking. Which is the other one? The one that shows up as just a bio picture on on, on the Google. Mm. Look at that. She was born May 23rd. That's today. Which is today, so it's a yes. birthday. Yes. How come Conan O'Brien shows up in an image search for Molly Wood? Let's that's find kind, out. That's kind of scary. I think it's just... Uh, maybe, she, which, maybe she did a show once. Is that possible? No. Came out with some gizmos. <laughs> hey, look at this. Oh, that's so cool. That's, then he drops it on the floor, kicks it around. That's a great... Well, that's her whole show now. She's got that always-on show. Where it's basically Molly going to exotic locations and throwing gadgets into, like, out of helicopters, driving over them with sports cars. I mean, this is the kind of shit we used to do at MTV. I I love doing this. Hey, I got a great idea for a show. Let's go to Hawaii and drop the iPad from the helicopter. (laughs) See if it survives. Yeah, this is an old style of, 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 uh, of show. A show, which is just a, a complete waste of money, <laughs> no, but you have a great hey, time if you're on the show. Don't do that. The only that. people don't that benefit that. from this she's, style she's, is the people on the show and the producers. Be, don't be mean to her. This is I'm her not mean show. to her. She's having the time of her life. I'm just saying this is not a this is you know a bogative way of producing stuff. <laughs> Let's go to do the Seychelles and <laughs> and put some laptops on the beach. And see what happens if the water hits them. Yeah. Come on. It's It's a great show. It's a great show. It's fantastic. I love this concept. Hey, look at us. We're two schmucks doing a podcast. From our houses. From our homes. I can't go outside because it's too hot. Hey, man. I gotta do the podcast. How is the weather there in Texas, by the way? It has been... We have, uh, it's been warm. It has been, it's gotten into the 90s, which is still unseasonably cool. Uh, yeah, it gets up there. And, you know, of course. Well, we, you, now you got allergies, you said. I had, it's constant here for me. Why? And, because we live in under trees. We've got these, I mean, we're on the oldest section of Austin. We have these oak trees. Four times a year, the live oak trees just spew off stuff. You know, and then it's yellow crap, and then it's the, uh, and it's just, it just gets into everything. It's beautiful, though. I mean, these oak trees are hundreds of years old. Well, can I recommend something when you finally get a barbecue? I'm not going to get a barbecue. I'm, I don't, I, I don't do barbecues anymore. 
Why? Because that oak tree is probably delicious. <laughs> but to eat it? Yeah, no, you smoke with it. I mean, you have to trim oh, the branches anyway, oh. so you cut off pieces of the oak tree as it oh, grows. Oh, good idea. And then you use the oak wood. Yeah, you have to let idea. it sit for about six months, so almost a year. Oh, before so it I'll, start, out. I'll start now, yeah. Yeah, start now. Start piling up oak chunks. Yeah. And then you cook with it, and you don't have to buy any brick hats. It's a much better right. product than a brick hat. Right. And it tastes a lot better. And everybody's oak tree, like I have an oak tree that I've been eating, as it were, <laughs> smoke-wise, I've been I mean, eating just, the smoke. I mean, just write that down. <laughs> Next to the uh, house <laughs> that, that is absolutely eaten. delicious. It's maybe the best oak I've ever eaten. So speaking of throwing things out of a helicopter, did you see that uh, two members of the FBI's elite counterterrorism unit who were in Boston as a part of the search mission for the Boston bombers uh, died? What? Yes, they were um, repelling from a helicopter and they fell to their death into the water. What were they repelling from a helicopter over the water for? Training. Oh, training. The old training accident. <laughs> but they apparently they were repelling from such a great height that they were dead when they hit the water. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> so so not only do they have to clean those two guys up, but then we have this other loose end in Florida. A Chechen man with ties to Boston Marathon bombing suspect Tamlin Sarnayev was shot and killed by an FBI agent in Orlando, Florida early today. The man allegedly attacked the agent, according to the FBI. Oh, hold on a second. Breaking news. Breaking news. Hold on. What's going on? Breaking news. Oh, uh. Closely resembles the types of attacks we faced before 9-11. In the 1980s, we lost Americans to terrorism at our embassy in Beirut. Uh, you're boring me. All right. There's danger to U.S. interests. I guess that's the new, the new thing. Yeah. He yeah, says consular true. facilities, everything's in danger. Deranged or alienated people can do enormous danger. The domestic terror threat. Oh, wow. Right now, there's a podcast going on with two deranged lunatics. <laughs> Clearly, they have brain disease. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that everyone has brain disease, but we can help them with electroshock therapy. A couple of jolts will fix them boys up good. So this news comes out, and Anderson Pooper, who, of course, is on the scene in Oklahoma, he can't, even he can't believe uh, it. And, and was, the, was he alone with an FBI agent when he was shot, or was there were there multiple... You said there were state police also in the room? <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. So the cops got this guy. He confesses, and then he grabs a knife. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes nothing but sense. Still unclear how many people were in the room at the time, but we are told that after he had confessed to being involved in the triple murder, that he attacked, according to our sources, attacked an <laughs> FBI agent with a knife. So here's how I've envisioned this uh, <clears throat> this this uh, testimony <clears throat> it's like yes yes don't you remember you guys were there with me don't you remember that when we we, we killed those drug dealers and the smokers and then we slit their throats and we threw weed on them as a sign to the other gangs don't you remember yeah okay yeah yeah we remember that one for sure 
Sorry, pal. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have pretended to grab the knife. And so uh, it was after that. It is unclear how many people were in the room. It's unclear whether that knife has been recovered. Presumably, it was. But whenever there is an FBI-involved shooting, get the FBI agent then shot allegedly uh, this man because I am told that he was uh, felt directly threatened that his life was threatened. Yeah. Okay. So let me just get this straight. Very similar to. So now, let me just draw the analogies for you, okay? A couple things going on. So when when we have Bin Laden, which, by the way, <clears throat> I have the clip here, you know, the, the appeals court has said, nope, we're not going to release any pictures of him, of anything. We can't do that. So then we have the, the Jokar brothers, uh, Sharnev brothers, and not, even the governor of the state of Massachusetts has not seen the actual video. We've seen video from every angle. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have not seen the actual video of the brothers putting the explosive backpacks into the uh, trash can. Everyone says it exists. But But we're assured it exists. We're assured it exists. But we have not been allowed to see it. I guess that also would spark, you know, like people would want to kill Americans for doing that. Um, And in the case of bin Laden, uh, we had a whole Chinook helicopter full of SEAL uh, special troops, uh, special ops troops who were killed, who were in that same operation. Now we have another one of these mysterious things where there's no video. We can't show you the video. And then two of the guys who were involved in the search die repelling out of a helicopter. And then a third guy. Just, just a coincidence. I mean, and I'm I'm the crazy one. Yeah, you're nuts, man. And, the and pre- so we do have this one little clip we want to play, which was the uh, report that we, we we kind of missed in the last show of the of the Joker guy in the boat. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, it just came out later. He while he was there, he wrote some sort of a like a confession or something or other in in the boat inside of a plastic boat, <laughs> which means he must say he had a sharpie because you can't write on a boat. I don't know if you've been in any of these little boats, right? They're made out of this fiberglass. Fiber, fiber you, you can't put yeah. anything on there. And yeah. here's the way the report comes down from Democracy Now! And CBS News is reporting Boston Marathon bombing suspect Johar Tsarnaev left a note describing the attack as a response to the U.S. wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Tsarnaev reportedly scrawled the note on the inside wall of a boat in the Boston area driveway where he was found hiding from police days after the attack. In the message, he reportedly referred to the victims of the bombing as collateral damage, writing, quote, when you attack one Muslim, you attack all Muslims. That's really interesting, because this is the exact same strategy of tension narrative that has just been shown to us on the streets of London. When you attack one Muslim, you attack all of us. Now we have this. So, Did you see all this bull crap? This Somali guy who's walking around with a kitchen knife. There's a apparently... Um, uh, uh, someone has head has been chopped off in the street, yet there's not a drop of blood, not a drop of blood anywhere. People claiming to have gone over and felt for a pulse. Yeah. Okay. Look, if, if there's a guy in the street with his head chopped off, <laughs> what's the point? <laughs> you are lying to me. Okay. You are lying. This is, but this is tension is what it is. It's, you make people crazy. I can't wait to see what the president is talking about. <clears throat> he is not talking about plots in Denmark, Germany, UK, no. US. He's Anything talking about to distract the public. 
special forces. forces team. Is he? I mean, now are we collectively this stupid that we're now going to fall for this one? So what do they have to do? They have to light something off again to prove it? Or well, it, no, well, no, 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 don't don't say it. Huh? What do you got? It's the sixth week. Mark. Is it that? Is it that time? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, they make me so tired with this. So tired. Well, it doesn't seem to wear out the public. They lap it up. Mmm, good. <laughs> mm. They lapping it up. Mm. So we had a situation with the Oklahoma bombing, and we had my one of my favorites. I have to say, I, I don't want to play the whole thing, but I guess we could. We have Brolf interviewing some poor mom, and then for some reason at the end of this little interview, which is stupid, he... He's asked her, did you thank the Lord for being saved from the tornado? And she didn't say anything. And then he asks her again. He starts badgering her. What is the point of this? I'm I'm sorry. I don't know. Play this and tell me what you think. You got this from uh, Media Research Center TV. Yeah. Are Are we in the same sources? Is that where you get clips from? No, rarely. Most of my clips come off the television. Could you at least clip off the obvious I place? I thought I did. I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, he talks a lot, but he's not. He's pretty shy right now. He's, he he's likes preoccupied. He just needs something to... Yeah, he, I think he's happy. a happy little guy. Yeah. And you're a happy young lady. I couldn't be happier. You, you survived... I, uh, I saw the bathtub. I mean, when you think about it, uh, <laughs> if you would have stayed in that house... No, there's no way. Our bathtub was full of debris. Like the place I would have been is just full of like two by fours and everything else, you know. There's nothing. There's no way. And that's right. hard to think about. Andrews, I'm going to train you now to become an anchor man. Okay. Oh, oh he, doesn't, he doesn't want to let to go. Try it from him. He's strong. You got to hold it like this. You put it in front of your mouth and look it through the camera. Wait, what is he? Whoa, whoa, what is he doing? He said, "What is he? What are we he's putting in the mouth?" He's got a little uh, three-year-old that she's holding, and he's trying to get the kid what? to say something into the mic. Oh, For there, Anders. Can you say hi? Yeah, say, Love. "I'm Anders, and this is Sienna." Can you say that? Can you say, "How old are you?" No, he's not going to say anything. Can you say, "Bye, bye, bye, bye." No. He's a shy little guy. Not today. Oh. You're scaring in this, you're a frightening dude, Brolf. Oh, he said it. Okay, good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Shake hands. Yeah, shake his hand. Can you high-five? Yeah. I have to stop here. This is something that bugs the shit out of me. Parents who teach their kids to high-five. Have you noticed this disturbing trend? Oh, now that you mentioned it, I didn't, Yeah. It's annoying. It's stop. It what? is, it, it's, it is it's not like it's okay. really annoying. Stop what? it. It's wrong. It's just wrong. High five. High can five. You can, high you, five? can you high five? Teach your kid. teaching the kid math. Yeah. <laughs> or how to shake your hand, look him in the eye, and say, nice to meet you, Brolf. That's what you want to teach your kid, not to high five. It's not cute. It's not a dog. Ugh. No. No. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Right, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Such a sweet little guy. Yeah. I, well, you're blessed. Yeah. Brian, your husband, is blessed. Hey. Anders is Brian. blessed. Brian, he just... Brian! Yeah, Brian. You like Brian, huh? That's your yes. dad. <laughs> well, we're happy you're here. You guys did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you got to thank the Lord, right? Yeah. Do you thank the Lord for that split-second decision? I... I I'm, <laughs> I'm actually an atheist. Oh, you are. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you made the right but, call. Yeah, yeah. 
We are here, and for and, and you know, I don't I don't blame anybody for thanking the Lord. Of course not, so. Doctor Fauci. Uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, bro. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. what was that all about? I think he's sick or something. Is he's now he's he's ah. turned into a, what? What I say? Did you thank the Lord? Did you thank the Lord? Did you thank the Lord? Brain what was that all about? Brain disease. Well, because you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was. And somebody sent me that clip, so that's why I had that. Oh, oh, okay. It was sent. I, I will next time. I will be careful. Now, let, 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 let me. Can I play some random crap on you? Yeah, sure. This is something we missed. Um, Carl Bernstein. You familiar with his work? Of course. Okay. Who is Carl Bernstein? Carl Bernstein's the other half of Woodward, but he's not the CIA half. He's actually just a workaday guy uh, that has to, as far as I know, go out and get his own material. Would you uh, consider him to be a reliable source of information? Uh, I would have to depend on the on the material, and I'd have to do a little. Uh, I'd have to look into it. I generally, I would, I would think so. So, he, so we missed something when he was on the the Morning Joe show uh, the day that everyone was in Texas for the George W. Bush Museum thing. Yeah, and here's what he said: it's an insane war that brought us low economically, morally. We went to. He's talking about Iraq. War against a guy who had absolutely nothing to do with 9-11. It was a total pretext. It's, it's inexplicable. And there you go to Cheney. There you go to Bush. There you go to the Jewish neocons who wanted to remake uh, the world. Maybe I can say that because I'm Jewish and uh, to bring about a certain result. How about that? He says there's a pretext from Jewish neocons for 9-11, the response to the invasion in Iraq. Yeah. Wow. Oh, he's talking about Wolfowitz and those guys. So? Well, I always thought they were thought of as Jewish neocons or former communists. You can't say that on television. You can't if you're Jewish. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. At least you can. Okay. I'm not really, <laughs> sure, that, I'm not really sure that you <laughs> go, can. Go ahead. It'd be much worse if a Southern Baptist said that. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I think. And, and then, of course, Morning Joe goes into this whole defense of the Bush regime. Um, so that's one. <laughs> then there's this other one. So Matt Damon started with this, you know, water.org. <clears throat> oh, yeah, which the is, water thing. Have you, looked, have you looked at this water.org thing? Yeah, I've looked at it. And, well, did you notice anything? Uh, well, I haven't looked at it for a while, so I'm going to go look at it again. And just go to the board of directors, you know, which is our favorite. It'll be the usual suspects, I'm sure. From Merck, and, you know, it's like a, it's like a whole bunch of pharmaceutical guys, and, and, oh, there's Bono, and there's... Oh, yeah, Bono's on the front page. And Richard Branson, and uh, Olivia Wilde, and Matt Damon. So, in order to get some kind of traction, since, you know, Bono by himself is just annoying at this point no one cares what he has to say anymore uh matt damon came up with this haha hilarious i'm not going to go to the bathroom anymore until everybody has water and so now they have a follow-up now but this follow-up clip is extremely disturbing um now remember what we say is, if you want to hide something, hide it in plain sight. Everybody has access to clean water and sanitation. I will not go to the bathroom. The toilet strike is important, all right? Who's with me? 
I'm supporting Matt Damon's toilet strike. I'm with you, Matt. We won't go to the bathroom. We won't go to the bathroom. We won't go to the bathroom. Until everyone in the world has access to... Okay, so we get the joke. Very funny. We're not going to go poop. We're not going to pee-pee because that's a funny way to get attention. But then... Clean water. And sanitation. Millions of people spend hours each day just fetching clean water. Women can't earn a living. Girls can't go to school. Yeah, I remember when Matt first brought up the idea. It was at a meeting of the Illuminati. <laughs> Bono was so mad. Uh, Oi, Damon, who let you into our secret Illuminati meeting? Then Bono started beating Matt with a two-by-four. I mean, it's embarrassing. Uh, I'm a pacifist. No, I get it. We're the Illuminati. We have to be picky. I only got in because I'm an android from the future. After we tranquilized Bono... Matt told us about the worldwide water and sanitation crisis. 780 million people, that's one in nine, lacks access to safe water. Wow, Bono, know any more statistics? Yeah, how do you say nerd in Irish? Wanker. So I said, Matt, don't lecture us about philanthropy. I sense great anger. I devote every waking hour to it. Livia founded a school in Haiti. I'm proud of that. And Bono is freaking Bono, whereas Matt Damon is... What's the word? Wanker. 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 Join the millions of famous people who've already joined my strike. Because this is one conspiracy we can all agree on. And remember, if you don't use the toilet... You're a celebrity. But, Matt, you better not sneak into our clubhouse again. Richard, let it go. Let's get Damon. Come on, Bono. Where's my two-by-four? Matt, run. Support Matt Strike. Go to strikewithme.org. Illuminati, assemble! I just wanted to have it on the record that we played it. What a weird thing to produce. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's what very, that's... It has a certain kind of a... Of a uh, patronizing all, arrogance to the yeah. whole thing, too. It's just like... It's not funny. Let's start with that. It's, it's just, well, the, the number one... Yeah, it's not funny. Not funny. Uh, it's patronizing as hell. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's, a, it's really... It's kind of... It's put off. If nothing else, it's like... Oh, who, are, who do these people think they are? He's Bono. Well, you've always been a... I hate that guy. Yeah, you, you, not because probably. he's an insincere a hole. I've, I've interviewed. Well, that's him. insincerity as a part of the. Maybe they'll lock him up. Oh, it's, it's part of the brain disease. Um, okay, so um, yes, we have uh, we have this issue. A federal appeals court today refused to order the release of photos and video of Osama bin Laden from the U.S. raid that killed him in 2011. The Obama administration argued the images could reveal intelligence methods and trigger violence against Americans. Today, a three-judge panel in Washington agreed. It rejected a bid by the conservative watchdog group Judicial Defense to make the pictures public. In, uh, I read the... Uh the defense. Did you hear the little, the little, the little in, the little gotcha in there? Oh crap! What did I miss? Replay it reveals no. intelligence techniques. Oh yes, no, I did hear that. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? Did they chop off? The, did they cut open his uh, skull and pull his brain out, or and mm. poke at him, or what? What was the techniques? Are they little red marks where they gave him a electroshock therapy? Was there a needle mark, or was his eyeballs missing? I mean, what was the technique? <laughs> Until I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But it, but uh, I think it's offensive that uh, that we're not allowed to. You know, so they're saying, yeah, you know, it's like we have our war machine is every on every corner of the earth, uh, and we can have uh, drones flying over and killing people. We have apparently video of hundreds of women and children being slaughtered. 
we have a movie of this Bin Laden thing, which you know, which gets nominated for awards, yet we can't show the actual pictures, which would be kind of proof, even if they doctored it, it would be proof, because that would make the men and women around the world unsafe. It, 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 it makes no sense. It, and it's insulting. Well... We're stuck with it. No, I understand, but it, we. I just I can't gloss over this stuff. I just can't. I refuse. And then there's oh man, this uh, this this you know we've been tracking this bullying stuff for a long time actually. Now yes. now the Department of since the beginning yes. and we associated with the attack on freedom of speech. Right. So, and where and where would you actually want freedom of speech to be really, really, really guaranteed? What the, what is a really important place for freedom of speech to to just be out there, no matter what, no matter how? I think schools and school environment would be oh, good. Yeah, that would be good. Colleges, Department of Justice and Department of Education are now saying to colleges, uh, you need to adhere to the following rules, um, or you may have your federal funding cut off. Uh, University of Montana received a letter uh, that explicitly states that it is intended as a blueprint for colleges and universities throughout the country. Departments of Justice and Education have mandated a breathtakingly broad definition of sexual harassment. Um, So here are the things that are no longer permitted if you want to keep your funding for your university. Uh, Unwelcome or sexual jokes, unwelcome, by the way, spreading unwelcome sexual rumors without any limitation to false rumors, engaging in unwelcome circulating or showing emails of websites of a sexual nature, engaging in unwelcome display or distribution of sexually explicit drawings, pictures, or written materials, like Fifty Shades of Grey, I guess, uh, making unwelcome sexual invitations, which is what you do at college. Hello? Hey, baby. Want to get laid? Um, so this term of unwelcome yeah. is a problem. It's a real problem. And so the document is like 31 pages. It's, it's this huge document of what you can do, and they've got the... The legal, of course, a legal justification for everything. Um, this is a, this is a, and they've got you know the legal standards. Now, I uh, I like to pretend I'm a lawyer, uh, but even this is just I di- I just don't have the time in the day to go cross reference all of this stuff that's in here. What you have to go look at and what code and footnotes and title regulation CFR one six dot a. So somehow, you know, like most things we're seeing. Uh, from uh, the White House, and uh, this has been going on for a long time, of course, not this White House in particular. Um, it's just they, they come up with all these legal justifications just telling you to, you know, basically... Slay. Shut up! Defining sexual harassment as a hostile environment. But, you know, the idea of unwelcome. It's, you know, this is this is going too far, John. And this is this is directly related to the bullying that we've been talking about. Yeah, it's freedom of speech issue. Welcome or not welcome, who cares? 
You can say what you want. You should be able to. Well, but now they're they're just saying, oh, well, then it's just going to come down to money. Meanwhile, at the uh, Department of Justice, um, all managers. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you can't discriminate against uh, LGBT uh, citizens, which, by the way, I, I feel discriminated against because I feel that, you know, there's lesbian, there's gay, there's bisexual, there's transgendered. But I feel a, a, a discriminated group is the bicurious. Which is it is a it is a uh, a category on Craigslist. It is a category. We are a category by curious. I you know it's like maybe I I, I want to become full fledged B, or or maybe G, or L. I wouldn't be an L, but a B or a G. No, you could be an L. Uh, yeah, well, I am an L. There but. is the male the male lesbian movement. Well, but you know, but I so I'm I'm. I'm still developing myself. I'm in a very critical phase, but I don't have the same rights as my gay and lesbian and bisexual brothers and sisters. I am discriminated against. Anyway, at the Department of Justice, uh, there is now uh, some do's and don'ts that have been uh, handed out to the managers. Things they should do and things they should not or don't. uh, And I'd like to uh, share some of those with you. Um. I think don't is very negative. <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. Um, so we have uh, do assume that LGBT employees and their allies are listening to what you're saying and will read what you're writing. Do talk in staff meetings about why diversity is important to you as a manager and make it clear you define diversity to include both sexual orientation and gender identity. Do provide explicit verbal reassurance that advancement and development opportunities are based strictly on merit. (laughs) And regardless of personal beliefs, every manager should be a vocal advocate for LGBT. I get the exact verbiage. Hold on. I got to go to this. I got to go to this page. I didn't save it. Uh, My browser stuck. Please. So why would you have to be a vocal advocate of LGBT and not be, a, let's say, a vocal advocate of, uh, of Mormonism or a vocal advocate of Satanism or a vocal advocate of uh, pedophilia, for that matter, or a vocal advocate of uh, any number of things? Why do you have to be a vocal advocate of anything if you're not going to be a vocal advocate of everything? Well, let's go back to our dinner table conversation in 1938. Yeah, it's, it's all training. We better do something fun, something nice here. Can we do something? Let's talk about something nice. I'm a vocal advocate of surfing. <laughs> uh, well, I would say the good news is uh, the BBC reports. Um. Scientists say the recent downturn in the rate of global warming will lead to lower temperature rises in the short term, John. Oh, yes. oh it looks like there's a, this is good news. The sunspots are having their effect. Since 1998, there's been an unexplained standstill in the heating in the, of the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, writing in Nature Geoscience, researchers say this will reduce predicted warming in the coming decades. However long term... The expected temperature rises will not alter significantly. So this is very good news. We're not going to die anytime soon. Oh, there you go. 
Isn't that a coincidence? So we have this piece that I actually tweeted about, which is a really nice piece from uh, Newsweek, April 28, 1975, discussing the cooling world. (laughs) And they quoted this guy, Reed Bryson, who died in... uh, 2008, University of Chicago climatologist who was one of the leaders. And then he kind of gave up on it uh, of the global cooling thing. But there's still a bunch of guys in the cooling movement that are still saying cooling, but they're not. They're being shouted down by the warmest because the warmest are they, they see a, a better opportunity for making money with because of this cap and trade thing. So uh, let me read a couple. This is a little thing. This is a very small piece from about Reed in the uh, <laughs> excuse me, the Wikipedia. Uh he goes on about in, in later years, it was clear that climate was indeed warming. Bryson argued that while climate change and a global increase in temperature are real, he did not believe they are caused by any human activity. Rather, he argued they are part of a natural global climate of cycles, particularly at the end of the little ice age. Quote, all this argument is the temperature going up or not is absurd, Bryson says. <laughs> of course, it's going up. It's been going up since the early 1800s. 1800s before the Industrial Revolution because we're coming out of a little ice age, not because we're putting more carbon dioxide into the air. And then he died shortly thereafter. So, uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's almost funny, John. <laughs> and, and then he died. Oh, well. Oh, well. Just another uh, skeptic. So let me give you the latest then. This is, uh, here's another little commercial for you from the elites from New World Order, from New World Order Productions. Al Gore, he has the climate reality thing that he, that he would produce, you know, climate reality day or whatever. You know what, you know about this? Hello? Hello? Well, there you go. You mock with the elites and you get cut off. Where are you? Did I did I lose my connection? No, I'm still here. Oh. Let me go to Webmaster Tools over there at Microsoft. Hello, Webmaster Tools. I need my experience back. Can you please make my experience come back, Skype? What does it say here? There's a problem with this call. Hold on while we try to get the call back. That's what you get. It's your own fault. <laughs> I was just answering the Skype questionnaire. Oh, uh, I believe that was an internet connection problem on my end. Oh, okay. Because I was already talking about a bad experience. Oh, well, it was if it hung up on you, we but I a, think you can we relay got a bad that. experience. All right. And, so, right back. Uh, back. So climate reality, this is the latest um, to prepare us for, of course, what is coming uh, is a carbon tax, which has already been implemented uh, for our good friends there in Australia. Yeah, so even though the uh, uh, Gullard there uh, said <laughs> she would never do that ever. Ever. Uh, here is the setup, and it's a beautiful little cartoon. The audio will suffice. <laughs> your wallet, your bank account, you keep a close eye on them. You pay for your groceries, you pay for your car, you pay for your stuff. 
You pay for your roads, your schools, the things we all share. You know what else you're paying for? Carbon pollution. Oh, yes, you're paying for carbon. Science tells us carbon pollution is the leading cause of climate disruption. The burning of dirty energy is raising our planet's temperatures, which makes extreme and erratic weather more likely. The result? You've been living in it. 2012 was the hottest year in the United States since weather scientists started keeping records. Mm. And half of all U.S. counties were declared disaster zones due to last summer's crippling drought. And because of the droughts, wildfires scorched one and a half times more land than usual. On the East Coast, crazy storms have led to record-breaking flooding. We've always had extreme weather, but now, thanks to carbon pollution, we have weather on steroids. And we're paying for it. Congress has agreed on more than $50 billion in relief for the victims of Superstorm Sandy. The costliest global disasters of 2012 were Hurricane Sandy, cost $65 billion. What? And the year-long Midwest Plains drought that cost us $35 billion. No way. Drought relief, disaster relief, battling wildfires, building seawalls. All these expenses add up. And that's the price of carbon. But big oil isn't paying. And big coal isn't paying. They are using the atmosphere as an open sewer while you are paying the tab. Through taxes, medical bills, higher food prices, insurance rates, and more. But no wallet in the world is big enough. It's time to take action. It's time to tell the world. We are paying the price of carbon. It's time to put a price on carbon and make the polluters stop the carbon destruction. Tell your friends, tell our leaders, it's time to have the carbon conversation. The carbon conversation, John. A couple of good ones in there. Uh, Weather on steroids. Weather on steroids is good. Also, I like the change of the uh, moniker to car- to climate disruption. Uh huh. Very good. Yeah. That was very good. I like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Uh And I liked the, the 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 visual, and I'm sure they showed some smoking stacks, which <laughs> is, hasn't happened for 25 years. But that's another story. Air as an open sewer. Yeah. I thought that was a very good uh, image, good uh, imagery. And I want you to write this down. Uh, it's not a prediction, but write it down in the book. May 23rd. 2013, the day the police state was finalized, I am just reading the captions that's on CNN right now with our president. He's lost his marbles. What's he done? I mean, he's doing a press conference, which has been going on. I can't wait to watch all this. Yeah, we'll be reporting on it on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We're going to have to dissect this entire thing. And by thing. the way, this is a holiday weekend, so we're probably going to have crap donations as usual. Oh, of course. But I hope people listen to this but, upcoming show. But this is, I mean, I've seen, we need a media shield law, reviewing the rules on leak probes. Um, you know, now, We like, already know the media shield law is a fraud. Yes. No, but he's, talk, I mean, he's talking about um, uh, American terrorists, drones. He, I think, without even hearing what he's saying, he's lost his marbles. He has gone out there, and the police state. He's. I think he's. This is the announcement of the police state. I think this is it. Okay. Attorney General to meet with media groups to hear concerns. Oh my God! 
Oh. You may enter. Now, what's your concerns? <laughs> hey, people, remember, remember one thing. You know what I'm going to say, don't you, John? Yeah, what? Love. It's the most powerful thing on the planet. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, pretty good. Just remember that, because it is true, no matter how bad it may seem, you're not alone. You're in it here with us. The minority is what is on television, because people are not believing that crap anymore. And uh, we're your buddies. We are the guardians of reality. We, uh, of course, have overactive organs. And when I say organ, I'm talking about the amygdala. Okay. It's a little sensitive. But because of that, we can help you steer your own ship to the poop that is bestowed upon you trying to bring you down and make you feel low but you're not you're all beautiful human beings and one day we will prevail so we take it to the mountaintop stop me john please and don't uh, just stop <laughs> peeing just don't stop <laughs> peeing. it's not a good thing we'll be back on sunday it is a holiday weekend here in the united states of gibbo nation so please uh, remember that it'll be a, a rough one for us and we'll have tons of deconstruction about whatever has just taken place it never stops and that's the nature of the business coming to you from austin texas capital of the drone star state in the morning everybody my name is adam curry and from northern silicon valley i follow with my name, John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Love. It's the most powerful thing on the planet. Dvorak.org slash N-A.